Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. There is a saying that you don't stop playing when you grow old, but rather you grow old when you stop playing. Iconic Life is an adventure-driven company that seeks to embrace life to the fullest and to never stop playing. Check out their natural hemp CBD products that help those that believe in that philosophy. Check out Iconic.com. Spelled I-K-A-N-I-K. Again, Iconic.com. Or on their Instagram at Iconic Life. Bonsai balls! They only use real Asahi, not like all those other imitators using sorbet full of sugar. Yuck! They also get their honey from a and bee pollen from a bee farm. Healthy and delicious. No processed honey. What also makes them amazing is that they roast and make their own peanut butter. Damn! They've got seven locations and download the Bonsai Bowl app to skip the line. Skip the line. Order ahead. Bonsai Bowl. Healthy, delicious. Ashland. Hard seltzer. Crafted in San Diego. It's an adult beverage built for all walks of life. Bro, you've had it. I've had it. It's delicious. It is so good. It's refreshing. Only 100 calories. All organic. No sugar. Also gluten-free with 0.0 carbs. Hashtag enjoy cold Ashland hard seltzer. Also supported by Octopus, the massive corporate juggernaut. Octopus, making stuff for people who actually surf. Clearweather is a family-owned footwear brand started by our friends Josh and Brandon Brubaker. They are driven to create their own path in the corporate sneaker world. Less corporate, more independent. Clearweather. Clearweatherbrand.com. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Thanks, Chalky. This week's guest is a professional photographer. He got his early involvement in photography as an early days of a professional skateboarder. This guy has a huge laundry list of accomplishments. We got Transworld Skateboarding Magazine. We got Transworld Surf. We got Surfing Magazine photo editor. He went on to the WSL as a photojournalist covering all the highs and lows of competitive surfing, especially during Kelly Slater's five straight world titles in the heyday. He's done uh, campaign photography for brands like Quicksilver, Channel Islands, Oakley, and Skull Candy. He's tight with Eddie Vedder, which I can't wait to hear. And he covers music festivals, thoroughbred horse racing. But we know him as having the most iconic surfing portraits in the last 30 years with countless mag covers, spreads, and images of the world's best surfers. We welcome Steve T. Sherm. Sherman. Yeah, Sherm. Thank you, guys. Thanks Thank for, you. Thanks for having me on. Wow. Dude, it's we an got, honor. We got a lot. So pro skateboarder, holy smokes. We got I had dive no into idea you were a pro skateboarder. That's crazy. 
Yeah, I know. That's kind of like one of those little cheap underground things that, but um, all my friends know. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we're friends because yeah, uh, yeah, now we know. yeah, yeah, but, yeah. That's the some. But yeah. that I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. We'll dive into that. But I mean, yeah, it's something that a lot of people don't have no idea that what I do, the guy on the WSL running around in his hat. That's my background too, so yeah. it's, it's cool when people know that. Um, is, is that a T-shirt signature hat right there? This is a Brixton hat. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's a Brixton hat. That um, yeah, I'm running into my hats, but I, I like customizing my hats. Yeah, so that's what I do. A I, flavor I, on it. Yeah, I've worn hats since I was a little kid, and then um, I was thinking about this, and then in high school when the Clash came out with London Calling, they were wearing fedoras. Mm. Then they branched out into this kind of gangster look and so we all started wearing fedoras and since that day on I, I, I've always worn fedoras and then when Brixton started they started doing hats slowly they, they got into the, the bigger hats and yeah. so it's a dream thing when you work with them I, I get free hats I love my hats sick I didn't even know you worked with uh, Brixton too well yeah I've known David Stoddard and Peter Stoddard the owners for since day one so I was on I've, I've been kind of an ambassador since day one yeah and um, and they came from Transworld too, right? David came from Trans. Yeah, David came from Transworld. He was an yeah. ad guy, so that we're all kind of Transworld alumni. Yeah. But um, the Brixton thing is close to my heart. I love those guys, and um, I guess I'm kind of I'm kind of sponsored. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Free, well, before free we start talking about sponsors, uh, let's go back to the beginning. Okay. The evolution of T-shirt. Okay. Well, um, I was born in Indiana in a town called Elwood, and Elwood is about an hour and a half north of Indianapolis, and it's about a, 10 miles from where James Dean was raised. Wow. It's a farm town, and um, yeah, I lived there until I was 11, and then my mom and dad, um, I had to get a job in California. Re job recruitment, or just yeah, a new job? Yeah, he got, got transferred to, to, yeah. to California. So, What line had, of work? He's like he's an electronic engineer. Okay. And my mom's a, mom was a registered nurse. So um, that me and my sister we moved to California. And um, the funny thing about when I was in, in Indiana, all I did was like play football, baseball, and sled. You know, sledding was big. But sledding, <laughs> yeah. We have the hills and just going fast on sleds. But I really always wanted to get a skateboard. And I, they, there was no skateboards in Indiana. I, I literally tried for like a year. We'd go to all the toy stores. Yeah. And this is still back when there was clay wheels and stuff. So as soon as we got to California, we were staying at the Town & Country Hotel down in San Diego for like a month in a hotel. And we went to the Toys R Us and, and the Fashion Valley Mall, and they had skateboards. <laughs> My sister got the steel wheels, and I got the clay wheels. And from that point on... And you don't remember or recall... What led you to skateboarding? Like what? I I don't know. You I saw just a movie. saw it on TV. I might have magazine. saw it in a magazine. I just I'm not sure, but I just vividly remember where we were looking for skateboards in Indiana, and um, this is before the urethane revolution. So these were still the same skateboards they had in the '60s. Yeah. So we got the clay wheel, and I started riding that for a month straight. I started riding and riding, and um, so that was the beginning of my California lifestyle. Yeah. Thing. You know, and then my mom, then we moved to uh, we moved to Rancho Bernardo, which is about ten miles, fifteen miles east of you know Del Mar, where, we, where I'm now, and um, yeah, I just started skateboarding and, and, and on, on the streets. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That was my thing in playing pop water football. What, what was skateboarding back then? It was just like sur- surfing the sidewalk, like kind no, of carving. It, and... it was just barely just doing anything. Yeah. Just riding. Yeah. And cause clay wheels were brutal. They, you know, they didn't rough. Rough. And um, then the urethane wheels came out, and my mom and dad got me a, a compass skateboard, which is here in Encinitas. I got a compass, and then um, then Skateboarder Magazine came out on the newsstand. I remember going to a bookstore and, and, and um Rancho Bernardo, and there it was. Greg Weaver on the cover, riding a pool. Wow. And I went, oh my, so I got it, and I just read it. From I mean, that was my new Bible. And every month, I'd wait for two months and get the new one. So I learned about skateboarding through that. And that's where Craig Stesick, who used to write for Skateboarder, wrote all these great stories about the Dogtown guys. Yeah. So I got an influence from that of skateboarding and style and black and white photography which is deeply embedded in my brain yeah, so for sure and then this came out later on when I, got, I met Craig and I was working with him and stuff and he, he's kind of one of my mentors you know yeah. so um, full lucky. circle how crazy full is that circle. you know you're, you're, you're uh, looking at the magazines yeah. and then you end up like being become friends and working yes. with yeah and then trying to emulate stuff he had done so you, you kept getting better and better and Stepping up your equipment to your a little bit, wheels. yeah, slow, yeah, slowly. We um, we had the urethane wheels, which had loose bearings still. Then, the um, the urethane wheels came out with precision bearings, which were, were encased. Yeah, and I got those Roadrunner fours, and then that opened everything up. And then, um, I, but still, I was we we had ditches and we had some empty ditches in yeah. Poway. Yeah. And so we used to ride those. So I, I was I was I was learning to ride ditches and stuff like learning that. Pretty much pump. anywhere you could take a skateboard. Anywhere you could take a skateboard, I was riding it. Yeah. And then they had a contest right before I, we moved out of Poway, Lake Poway contest, and I, I won all the events of that. So <laughs> I, I knew I'd I'd figured it out. There was a slalom race. There was a down all the stuff freestyle routine. So I I, I was getting better, as I said. Like you know, everything calls it obsessing or what you want to call it. Yeah. That's what I did. And was there other kids you would roll out with? Couple, or kind couple, of awesome? Yeah, a couple got neighborhood kids. Yeah. But not a lot. It's it's like skateboarding. You do it by yourself. Yeah. And I, and, and I remember going out at night in my neighborhood and just riding the hills at night, just doing big turns, you know? So, And that eventually turned – those. I used those skills to slalom race when I got there. I, when I got to La Costa, I was pretty – 
I was easy going fast and going around cones. Yeah. So, and that was something. So that was my influence on that. So then we then we moved to the coast. 1976. Woo! Nice. And what was the big move? Just like you know, upgrade house, family. Yeah, like. yeah. We lived. They just we lived right in Solana Beach, right across from the cliff. Cool. And um, where I learned to surf, pillbox, Fletcher Cove, they call it. Um, so this is the summer of '76. So I'm full of skateboarding, and I'm learning to surf. I learned you know, so, and surfing was just not easy. Yeah. I, just, I was riding a seven-foot single. Well, thing. the equipment back there was really... Yeah, but also I kept leaning like a skateboard. I kept falling. And I go, why can't this thing turn? Yeah. yeah. And it just took dueling it a ton to get the foot back. And once I learned to turn, then my skateboarding kicked in, and I was able to really use that, Yeah. all the, all the arm movements to go surf. So then I progressed pretty quickly surfing. That's cool. And where did you get your first board from? Um, my mom and dad got it from... Um, Bain's surfboards right down the street here Bain. at Wesley. Yeah, I got, I got a custom. They got me a good seven foot custom Bain, that single, single fin. fin. Yeah, yeah. So I had that. So that was cool. So I had a, I had a good surfboard, yeah. seven foot, perfect board to learn on and progress and be able to ride bigger waves and still ride small waves. Yeah. But they're not single fin. You know, like old school. You know. Yeah, and, and your skateboarding prowess helped you to Com- learn how to surf and completely. And surfing is one of the most difficult things to do because yeah. you you know you've got your um like you were saying you're you're pumping your arms when yes. you're doing slalom and you're standing in the sweet spots of a skateboard yes but you know translating that to a surfboard and the way you move and the yeah. way the wave moves on a standing in the sweet spot yeah. is key yeah. but the thing was i'd ridden so much skateboard in the hills and paid attention to my arms I mean, I don't know how I came out. I came out with a pretty good style from yeah. a kid from Indiana. That's awesome. I see a lot, I see a lot of guys in Indiana styles that have very good styles. So you, 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 you fit in right away because you picked up the skateboard, yeah. you were killing yeah. it. And yes, then, and I had a good – I looked like I belonged. Yeah. I didn't look like a in, goofy kid Instant from California kid. Yeah, yeah. My hair was long and blonde, and and I was surfing, and I, and my dad was helping. My dad was taking me to the hills in La Costa yeah. on the weekends, and we were. I was racing with all these twenty-four-year-old guys, older men. And, yeah, and they loved they loved me as a kid, but they could psych me out at a drop of a hat. Yeah, I you know, I physically I was nineteen, but mentally I was still that age where I couldn't I, I could be psyched out easily, and they yeah. they took that and they used to do it all the time, but. The good news, I, I grew up fast. Yeah. Because I saw things, you know, lots, you know, guys were smoking weed on the side of the street, <laughs> drinking beers, drinking beers, reggae blasting at a yeah. uh, uh, ghetto blasters, um, and it was just the lifestyle. And every Sunday afternoon, we race up at La Costa for money. That's crazy. And I'd race for money. A couple times, I won. A couple times. So I was really good for a 13-year-old. Yeah. That's so crazy. So at 13, you're winning money, and you're competing against like yeah. men. Yes. So you. You turned pro for skateboarding. Yeah, I did. I yeah, I did turn pro for racing. I was young. I, I got then I got on GNS. Nice. Which is the big team? Was the big team? It was um, Stacy Peralta, Henry Hester, Bob Skolberg, Pineapple, all these guys, Steve Cathy, and um, I got pulled on. So I and then I got ads. Who put you on, or how did that happen? Dave McIntyre from GNS. He was a team manager, and yeah, I just got on, and then that was like a dream. So so were you looking at? skateboarder magazine and going fuck man like someday i'm gonna yeah ride for one of these brands and i thought yeah i did i i went to twin peaks middle school in poway 
And I drive by it when I go out to my friend's ranch every day, and I look in that hill, and I used to daydream about all those guys coming to the school and I, we having a skate contest there. And it was just a dream, you know. And I vividly remember daydreaming this, and then it went way beyond that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I went beyond my my dream was just to have those guys skating on this hill just in front, watch of, in front of junior high. Yeah, and then it went from way beyond that. So yeah. to was, be, to you becoming me becoming those, that, and yeah. then you know kids kids in you know eighth grade knowing who I was and, and you know and, big man on campus and, and other kids make you know other guys who were so you know were making fun of me and stuff. Yeah. So, so so this Dave McIntyre, he's a team manager. Yeah. So what would he call you up one day, or you did you did you do a sponsor me like no, portfolio? No, or they was just, just knew like... about they knew about me in Lacosta, and my dad talked to him a little bit. Yeah, and um, yeah, next thing you know, I'm swing down, by the factory. Where I swung by. I swung by the factory down Vernon Boulevard, and walked in and got a bunch of free shit, Dude. Like, like sweatsuits, boards, wheels, new helmet pads. Sweatsuits with the team on it. Yeah, the, the, the GNS, <laughs> the GNS with bell bottom. No, there yeah. we go. So yeah, so I was I was the real deal. So Did I you got, wear it to school every day? No, <laughs> the, the team <laughs> outfits back in the day were yeah. fucking. They had these like more like these motocross like little whole things. Yeah, I, I have those still, but it, that was that was the style. They're like sw- uh, track suits, right? Yeah, like track suits. Yeah, like yeah. these. It'll say GNS and yes. then it'll say team on the side or yeah. So in Skateboarder Magazine, they had a thing called Who's Hot, and that was like if you had a Who's Hot, you were. A made man. That means you. So I, I got wow. a who's hot at like thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, fourteen. I had a who's hot, and it was really cool. And then they ran a shiny surfing in that too. You're kidding me? Because I was a, I was a surfer, so it was a shiny pumping down the line. Yeah. And so I had a surf shot in there. So I, I was like, okay, I'm I'm one, like one of my guys I look up to. I'm a surf skate relate, you know. Yeah. And um, but also I was really influenced by the Dogtown guys, Stacy and Tony, Jay Adams. I was friends. I was friends with Jay and Tony forever, and Jay passed away. But those guys were a huge influence. Stacy Peralta, for sure. So all those guys were a huge influence. Those on were the, and they were emulating um, Larry Burlman. Yeah, who I was one of my favorite surfers. That him and Mark Richards. So um, I was just very lucky to have those influences on me. Yeah. And to this day, you know, I have a good style of surfing because of what I learned back then. Yeah, and th- and those guys like I mean the, they set the bar high. They were the coolest dudes in and out of the water style, like everything. Yeah, oozing out of them. What's What's crazy is you know, back then, surfers and skateboarders they did it both, right? And then because we yeah. talked this, about this a disconnect for a while. For a while there, like there was a, a divide between yeah. skateboarders and exactly and surfers, like like late. 80s, early 90s, to yeah. early 2000s. But, like, no, for sure. If you skated, you didn't surf. And if you surf, you didn't skate. Yeah. And, and there's and, like a yeah. divide between the tribes. But back then, that was kind of cool. Like, yeah. The Dogtown days, and like you said, Jay Adams, and even even the Hawaiians, man. Those were those guys, yeah. you know, it's funny when uh, I worked for skateboard brands and, and we'd see guys. Or I'd be at like a skate park or a ramp or something, and one of the guys would do a layback. Yeah. And they they say Bertelman, right? Like I'm gonna do a Bertelman. Yeah. Okay, I got te- one time. So I worked the Delmar Skate Ranch was in Delmar, mm-hmm. and I started working there when I was probably 50, 14. When they finished, I helped finish it. I sanded the ball. I was on the skate patrol, which is a great job. Yeah. First job. Yeah. So. And one, one, we're skating one one evening, a night, Larry Burlman came. No, no way. way. 
and, and he jumped in, in the reservoir, did a couple turns, and he was watching in the pool. So I went out and just did a huge burn. <laughs> and he just goes, oh, look at him, he just did a burn. And I just went... He, he was calling out <laughs> he the He called out the bird. Oh, that's that's cool. awesome. Yeah, so it was, um, yeah, so that's, to this day, I, I just, I want, I love that era. Yeah, yeah. Surf, skate, relate. So, so <coughs> surfing, right, you, you, you started surfing and you, you learned on a single fin, 7-0 single fin. Um, did you try to do contests on, on the surfing side of things too? Yes, I, I surfed in high school surf contest, and when the NSSA started, Bud Lamas was the head, was the, the reigning champ. Reigning champ, and um, <laughs> he was older, but so I, I surfed all the, on the high school contest. Yeah. And then when I got to high school, I did some amateur stuff, and never really excelled at contests. Um, I, I wanted to. Yeah. Something just was not clicking. Well, you got something in common with late night then. Yeah, I know. Me and late night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're soul service. Yeah. You know, I didn't like those jerseys as much. Those you know. jerseys, just, yeah. You yeah. Know, You're photogenic, yeah. not competitive. But um, I, I think we all, I all had, we all wanted to be pro surfers, you know. So, but I was still, I was surfing a lot. Yeah. And I could surf bigger waves, you know, proficiently. So, um, and as I said to this day, I haven't stopped. Yeah. So, so so going back to skateboarding, and you turned professional. Your parents tripping? Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were stoked. I was making a little money here and there. Yeah. I said, I met, you know, I got my who's hot, and every time I get a picture in the magazine, you get a little money. And I was making a little money from Kryptonics a month. Wow. So and I'd saved up five hundred dollars, and I bought a moped. Sick. So I had a moped with a surf rack. So that opened up my life. I'm fourteen with a moped. Yeah. Woo! My nope. friend Mike Jakes had one, and that just. Seaside swamis, here yeah, come. Every, yeah, everywhere. Oceanside, yeah, parties somewhere? with girls, you know, girls in the back of the moped. Yeah, it was all that stuff. So, um, do you remember which brand you had? Uh, I don't know. Because there's Peugeot. No, it wasn't a Peugeot. There was, is it Pooks or Fooks? I don't, I don't know. know. It, it was this orange thing that looked like a motorcycle, but it lasted a long time. It, yeah. it went good. So that's why I did my money in that. And that was I the remember best. those things had pedals, right? Yeah, yeah. And you pedal. You pedal them. Yeah, pe- you had to pedal them. And then, and then you get it kickstarted, yeah. and then you, and then you, yeah, yeah, yeah. gas. Because yeah. it's motor. It's right? motorized. It's motor, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't. Yeah, I think it was this. You had to kickstart them. Yeah, but the cool thing was having a, a surf rack. Yeah, and you could ride that thing, and I go, I could go up Delmar Heights Road, which is really steep, but it would make it. Yeah, and and then I could, I could take surf pee in the morning and get to school. Well, I have to have you know a car, so that really opened up my life. So I use all my skate money. For, that's my first thing I did with it. So, so you're that's getting awesome. all this gear skateboarding. Were you were you like get hit up by your friends? Were you slinging some product on the side, kind of making stickers? Sell, yeah, I mean, you just get sticker packs and little I got side some extra hustle. wheels. You need some extra I think wheels. I was hoarding it all. I was all me. I just <laughs> I don't think I was even just slinging like I might have sold some boards. You know, but, after a while. But how cool are the parents be like? We yeah. don't have to buy oh, any more man. skateboards and yeah. any more gear, you yeah. know. Yeah. Like, and you started traveling for it, right? You were traveling a little bit, yeah. I'd go to Colorado and race, and um, yeah, I went to Colorado. And I went back to Ohio for a big contest they had there on the on the, on the Akron um, soapbox derby track. We raced on CBS Sports. Wow! So I I did that one summer, which is a big deal. Yeah. So it, how cool? It was cool. So. I had a. Did you go out as a team, or your parents take you out? Is this kind of like? Uh, I went on. I was GNS, but my dad took me. But that's I went, cool. I went part of GNS. I was yeah. there. Yeah, you know, CBS Sports. 
That's crazy. Yeah. It was, it was on CBS Sports? Yeah, it was on CBS wow. Sports. It was on Akron on the track. It was... So back then, and you said there was like the skateboarding was downhill was big, and then freestyle was big. Freestyle. And um, were you doing a lot of freestyle? Bird, I could do freestyle, but I wasn't. Didn't compete in it. I, I didn't compete at because I was a way better racer. Yeah. Um, and then the ramp thing kind of came around and pool, pool guys. But yeah. The big things were like downhill freestyle, and you got to do a routine. Yeah. And uh, I could do that, but I just well, I was just racing, you know. Just, yeah. Want to go fast? And what do you? Car. You had the gloves. You had to wear yeah. gloves, and then are you wearing leathers too? No, or? no. This is you're not going that. These are like shorter gates. It's not yeah. downhill fat. It's the giant slalom is pretty fast. Like twenty, you're in twenty miles an hour, but you're going around gates, these cones. So you're, um, you got pads on, and you have, so they, they these things that make them stay on your knees. So whenever I fall, you just fall to your ground, and you have leather on your, um, you have um, plastic on your wrist guards, and so you can slide. Yeah. So even when I was racing again in two thousand three. If I was going down, I just went down like a pool yeah. and, went and slid, and I'd just go in circles. Takes and I, I got to the point where I had no fear because I, I could bail out 40 miles an hour, and, yeah. I, and I felt like a cat. Yeah, yeah. And people would trip out. Like, how do you always go to your feet? And I go, I don't know. That's the only way I know to stay alive. <laughs> My friend Dave Hackett yeah. would always try to run, and, oh. and, and he would fuck up his knees. I'm like, dude, these yeah. things are like, you're in, you know, like you do in a pool. Yeah. So anyway, I did that. So... Um, was there like yeah? Sorry to interrupt, but does it was there like skate shops that you could hang? Because I know we we always talk about you know yes. hanging out in the surf surf shops and learning yeah. the culture and seeing all the new products and like looking well, up to the guys. The surfboards yeah. was where that's where the skate shop was. That's where we could buy skate stuff and mm-hmm. surf stuff. This is back in the day. Yeah, like seventy six, seventy. That's where my mom bought my wood board that I rode for a long time from Encinitas. I remember buying it from Encinitas surfboards. This beautiful piece of oak. Is that been there it's been there since 74 i think in that same location same location wow that's yeah. awesome yeah mark and todd yeah the adams yeah and john keys they own it yeah up and i i surfed for them of course at one yeah. point but and then um tony staples had a shop here in Solana beach progressive design so yeah and um so the, the surf culture surf shop culture thing was big yeah that's where you hung out just watch like just like the dog yeah you just watch well, this is not, no even, just, there wasn't even videos and movies at that time. There's just surf magazines yeah. and, and surfboards. How and long people, did you uh, race slalom? I raced slalom for about probably three years. Hmm. Um, pretty full on. And then again, in 2002, they were racing again. I got back into it when I was 40. And, <laughs> and um, I, I caught on really fast, and I, I did it for a couple of years. No and, and, way. and I raced. I, I got like a, I got a third once. I went to Colorado. I got a third. I was racing with Steve Olson, Dave Hackett, and there was enough of a, cir- of a circuit, and um, it was a blast. Chicken, I, yeah. So I did it again at forty, and then I got, <laughs> and I was like, and then I got the job back. I got the job at Transworld, and I just I go, I think this is it. I gotta stop doing this because <laughs> I just knew eventually I was probably gonna get hurt. Yeah. And the thing that pissed me off more than hurting yourself. Doing something besides surfing, so you can't surf. Totally, dude. Yeah, and that's why I won't. To this day, I won't ride mini ramps, and I barely will ride transitions because I don't want to roll my ankles. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm not going to miss surf. Yeah, we just stick to ping pong and yeah. surfing. Ping yeah. pong, is, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 we all skateboarded. Like, I mean, that that's part of your routine growing up. Yeah. And yeah. I got to a point where I'm like, no more ramps, no more. Like again, just. Don't want to roll an ankle. Yeah. Don't want to break anything. But I still skate on the street yeah. a lot. Yeah, I love 
just turning. I, I see style pumping around as a warm up. Yeah. And I've taught my kids. To, my kids actually didn't start off with the best styles. And so and I started telling them, this is what you got to do. And now they, they pump and they pay attention to their arms. You know, yeah. It's all this. Yeah. And they weren't doing that. They were, I'm all, you guys don't. Yeah. You're my you got a point where you want to go. You got a point where you want to go. Exactly. And yeah. they did that. And it was just, it was so cool watching my kids do that. And to this yeah. day, they still do it. So yeah. surf, skate, relate, man. Sur- <laughs> so, so did you eventually get good at surfing and get sponsored or? Um, I got, I did. I eventually, yeah, I why don't I get out of high, I was writing for Institute of Surfboards first. They gave me deals on boards. Then I got on Nectar Surfboards around 1980. And they were blowing up. 83, 84. They were blowing up. And yeah. that was the big deal. My friend Ron Surfboard and a couple, a couple of friends, Gary McNabb, pulled me on. And then, um, so that was a big deal to ride for Nectar. Yeah. So so, so tell us about that because it's, we, to me, that's like a milestone of, of like, I made it. You feel good. Yeah, you, that was you know, the thing. Like, Nectar you go to the, school and you're like, yeah, yeah, bros. Nectar was the A-team. Yeah. And they had some great surfers that surf for them. Dean Hollingsworth, all these, Greg Mungle, all these, John Glum, all these really I remember talented. the name Dean Hollingsworth. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Dean and Craig Hollingsworth was his brother who shaped. Okay. Uh, friends with him. But, um, yeah. So Did McNabb surf very well? McNabb can surf, yeah. And his yeah. brother, Sean, is a great surfer. Okay. He's a Swami's guy. Gary's a good surfer. All those guys were good surfers. Yeah. But they were and really... They were connected, or Gary, Nectar was connected to Simon Anderson, right? Yes, because yeah. Simon had come over, and they became friends, and then Simon started developing the thruster, and Gary kind of helped along with it a little bit, yeah. and they, they kind of did a little R&D together. Yeah. So, yeah, Gary was on the front line of that. We saw some of the first thrusters in North County before anyone saw them. Were people tripping? People were tripping. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, you're not going to be able to turn that. It's got three fins. Like, yeah. You know, or... I remember the first session I got when I went to D Street, and I kept coming off the bottom backside, I remember this vividly the first turn. I go, wow. Yeah. yeah. This got... holds, and it thrusts. Yeah. And it doesn't do the weird stuff that, that twin fins do backside. Yeah. But how stoked were you when you first rode a twin fin, being a skateboarder? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that yeah, it took a while, too. Like, but yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, my God. My surfing just... Immediately, yeah. I was able to do what my mind wanted to do. Yeah, I, I knew places I wanted to go on a wave, and all of a sudden it was like a little skateboard, and I was doing it. So yeah, that was um, riding the twin fins was, was a great. Ground. I couldn't imagine having to like ride a board where you you couldn't mind surf and actually surf it the way you want. You know, like yeah. back then you guys were so limited. Oh, with, you can't yeah. imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I mean, we had bad boards when we were, you know, kids. When yeah. the, you know, like just. I not, still can't imagine it. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> but like now, the you know, like the boards board, are so responsive. So re- and, yeah, they yeah. refine them so incredible. Back then, twin fins were either hit or miss. Yeah, you either had a good one. If a twin fin was good, it was it was really good. If it was bad, they were really bad. It it's funny because when you look at uh, the way surfers used to surf on long boards and then shorter boards with single fins, you know, the 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 surfers were almost always smooth surfing, right? Oh, for the sure. The styles were always smooth. That's what I wanted to do. That's and, where the Dogtown guys were. But then, but then when the twin fins came, that's when it got really kind of more aggro, right? Yes, like, the yeah. The style was more erratic, and, and you had, like, you know, wider stances because you kind of had to, like... Yeah, for sure. You, yeah. Had comp- you had to compensate, for sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, but wider stance, yeah. Then Tom, Tom Curran, he um, 
Tom Curran wrote Twin Fins, and he did it really well. Yeah. You know, and he was, he, you know, God, God bless Tom Curran. You know, we all go. So but, who, who was your, your heroes um, in skateboarding back then and surfing? My heroes were, um, were definitely like, you know, the Dogtown guys. Dogtown guys like Tony Alva, Jay Adams. Um, and then surfing-wise, it was Mark Richards, Mark Richards, Larry, Larry Bertelman. <laughs> yeah. And then later on, Tom Curran. Nice. But Bertelman and uh, Mark Richards, I just was a huge fan, a huge yeah. fan. Well, they were just, I mean, obviously the men of the, of the, of the day, yeah. yeah, you know, with style in the water, well, style Mark, on land, they kind of just Mark were, Richards, four world titles in a row. Yeah. And back then, we wouldn't know he won a world title for like a, two weeks, three weeks later, you know? Yeah. Because it just wasn't like now, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, months sure. later, Months right? later, yeah. yeah. Who won the world title? Yeah. I, don't, I, didn't, I can't call We'll find one. out in six months. Yeah, <laughs> which is bizarre. But um, Mark Richards was worthy of all that. Yeah. He's, he's a beautiful person. So what was your uh, first surf trip? I went to Hawaii in the summer of 79 with the Jinxes on an OP trip. For uh, I did all these ads for OP. and they wanted you, to, you rode for OP? For surf for, or skate? Cause I, surf. I, I was a skater for OP. Bertelman surf for him, and they had a... We were kind of like the small team. It was Mike Jenkson. It was that was his dad's company. Yeah, we were kind of we did a couple of demos for him and stuff, yeah. and I did that kind of stuff. So then they they wanted to take OP at that point in time was pretty gigantic, huge, 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 huge. Yeah, like it was the number one the number surf one, brand, yeah. right? Yeah, and so. it was kind of one of the first brands that you, you that sold uh, the big department stores. Yeah, right. And they were the first ones to pay. People, I think Berlin was making like eighty thousand dollars a year or something from Dang, at that point. for back wow. then. Back then it was huge. That's a lot of money back then. So they, they wanted to take me to Hawaii with Michael and, and Michael's mom and his grandmother to the South Shore. So they put us up in the Hilton, right on the beach, and we just longboarded and surfed Kaisers. Then Berlin came and picked us up one day in his new Celica, threw the boards on the thing. We we pull into the Kaisers parking lot. And we're unloading, and we see Bertelman taking his racks off his car. And they're like, why are you taking your racks off your car? He's, he's like, oh, my best friends will steal my racks. No way. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's, that was where we were. And I went, whoa. So then, then we paddle out around the corner. This really kind of, you know. Yeah, a little jetty there. We paddle straight to the peak, right underneath the, the, the ledge, and we just got barrels and Everyone treated us with respect. The South Shore V-Land. South Shore, yeah, South Shore V-Land. And I, I saw some of the best surfing I'd ever seen. And it totally changed my mind about rotation surfing. They were like single fins and twin fins. But everyone was throwing fins on, on Rios and, and, and getting so barreled from behind the peak. And it was just an eye-opener. Yeah. So, so then, of course, Reserve from Berlin. He, he took us to town and country. We got free shorts and stuff. And so that was my first surf trip. And as I said, we took our surfboards it over. It was an OP... <laughs> Photo shoot surf trip. There was no with, photo shoots. Yeah, well, they just paid, a family trip. There's a family trip, but they that was their way of thanking me for doing the ads. Okay. And so it was a cool thing. I didn't pay anything, and yeah, we threw our boards in in, um, in sleeping bags, wrapped duct tape around them. <laughs> That's how we got them there. Yeah. And then we surfed on twin fins on the South Shore. And no then, broken fins, no nothing. No. They just yeah, they were delicate back then. I think they were actually treated them. Yeah, know, they, the package a lot nicer than a lot nicer than you now. <laughs> So what, that was did my they first charge trip. for so, boards back then? I don't even think they charged yeah. for baggage back then. I don't either. I don't now know. they're going to start charging you for your weight to get on. Did did you 
know the surf spots on the South Shore, like through the magazines yes. and stuff. You oh, knew yeah. what to expect. Uh, we knew like, exactly yeah. what Kaisers were. Yeah. We knew. We'd seen the photos. Yeah. So the photos, you're like, oh my God, this is Kaisers. This yeah. is the channel. Yeah. And I'd seen I'd seen warm bolster shots of Kaisers and and you know and button and um, you know Ben Ipa. Yeah. You know, and all that, and I've seen all these photos, and there we were, and it's like, you're looking at the, it's... The, but the, just that, that scene of being in the water on the beach and... Town. Like, yeah, town. It, it's town, and yeah. it's got this glow, it's orangey, and it's, there's something about that area, it's it's just so magical. Yeah. And it's trunks. so... Tr- trunks. Trunks. It's so urban. You come in, and you're on, you're in the city. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really cool. weird. It's really weird. Yeah. And then you're surfing where the king surfed on longboards. We'd rent longboards every day. Yeah. And we're just riding waves. It was just, it was a dream trip. So that was my my first surf trip, and it was beautiful. Yeah. And Larry Bertelman. And Larry Bertelman picked us up. Larry, and you were like 14, 15. Yeah, I was 15. That's epic. Yeah. What a great, yeah, that was the best. What a great first surf trip. Get yeah. good waves at South Shore. I get Shore. to hang out with these OP guys more often, man. They know how to do it, right? Yeah, yeah. they did. Larry yeah. Burleman <laughs> escorting you out in the waters, you know. Yeah, yeah. Telling everybody to like, hey, yeah, let he, these dudes get some waves. Yeah, he wants another contact. I can, I can remember being out. <laughs> I remember being out in the water. And then um, Doug Saladino, a pineapple, who yeah. skated for you. So he was uh, he was out in the water. And I didn't get along with pineapple. We didn't get along very well. Cause, cause I, cause I Dan Filipino. That, he, he just was just was very nice to me. So we're out there, and he looks at me. He's all, "Well, hey, what are you doing here?" I'm all, "Just paddled out with Larry." Yeah, no <laughs> big deal. In. And, and his jaws goes, his jaw dropped. And I'm all, "Yeah, I can't pick us up in the hotel. Me and Mike, we're surfing there." Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we're just getting barrel. I'm getting barrel. Like I, I can surf way better than him. And it, it was just one of those moments. <laughs> where I went, "Ching ching." Yeah. It was. It was Take really cool. that, Doug. Yeah. It was one of those moments where I was, "Yeah, I'm, I'm a made man." He's like, hey, yeah, who are you here with? Those uh, guys used to house never me. Never heard of him. They used to house me all the time. They're all, oh, look at you, blonde hair. Because they, they thought they thought they're Hawaiian, yeah. not Hispanic. And they would talk like, oh, I'm a... And these guys, I'm like, you guys, my hair's blonde because I fucking surf, guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, what are you guys doing? Do you guys don't surf? Oh, you pretend to surf? You, yeah. you got town and country stickers on your words? What's going on with that? Yeah. But that's all in the past. But as a kid, that really affected me. Oh, for sure. It's, it's when you have people who are really being mean-spirited. <laughs> I don't like mean-spirited people. Yeah. And that stuff is real when you're a kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you stronger. Yeah. But just to be, you know, again, so that, he that was, experience was... He was there on his he, own? He, he's going to Hawaii all the time. Yeah. Yeah. He's friends with Darren Ho. Part of the Ho family. So, yeah. So, he was there. But the look on his face when he paddled up and I were there and he asked what we're doing and I told him because then he saw Berlin and Berlin was our bro. Yeah. And he just wished he was as close to Larry as we yeah. were. And, we're, and Larry's calling us into waves. And I'm just like, he's shackling with mine. Because it's not easy to pick off any waves in any, Hawaii anywhere. or anywhere. Especially anywhere. being a towhead, yeah. but, long-haired. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. You, got, you got the yeah. cream of the crop. You got the freaking big man on campus like clearing the water and telling you to go. Nobody's going. No one was going. And, yeah. and we didn't get hassled. Yeah, that's and huge. that was the... Nar- can you imagine what the Kaisers was like July 9th in 1979 uh, in the middle of summer? Yeah. I mean, holy shit. Every hot surfer in the world was there, you know, and, and t- <coughs> that's what they surfed. Yeah. <coughs> so. Oh, roll back the clock. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go back. I'm going to surf Kaisers again. <laughs> Same here, dude. It's <laughs> so surf good over anywhere. There. Somewhere warm and tropical, please. So, so you, you were saying your first job was uh, working at the Del Mar Skate Park. Yes. 
and then what else were you doing after that? Like, because you're making a little bit of money make um, skateboarding. Yeah, I was working the skate park, and then um, I, I painted houses. Really? Just, just a side odd job? summer, side end summer job. Yeah, and, and I drove cabs when I got out of high school. Yellow cabs. Were, uh, what? Had, yeah, we had a friend had a cab company. I drove cabs. Wow. Which I could talk for hours on cabs. I could only, only I imagine story. the people you'd pick up. I learned a lot about people. Yeah. And I learned how to, one, the best thing I learned to do is to judge people. I can judge someone in about 15 seconds. Yeah. Pretty much get a good idea of what they're about. Yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. Because of that. Because you, you need that. It's, it's an instinct to survive in cabs, especially driving at night. I, I usually drive the, the day shift, but somebody you drive at night, and you're driving from 4 in the afternoon to 4 in the morning, that's where shit gets weird. Where in the hell did you drive a cab? Here? Yeah, Encinitas. Right, right here. <laughs> yeah, right here. Yeah. Hey, when the bars close, there's still house parties going. Yeah, people yeah, need to get, yeah, get home. And, and then you get up in the morning, you do all early morning runs to the, to the airport. Yeah. That's where you make your, your bread and butter. Do a couple airport runs, and then you just kind of get nip, you know, nickel What a dime. trip. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, it was... I learned a lot. Yeah. So, so how how was how was high school? You said they had a surf team and yeah, Tory Pines had a surf team. I was on that, and we'd surf against San Diego, and you know, and Todd Martin was on the San Diego team, John yeah. Blom. Um, yeah. So I was on I was on the Tory Pines surf team, and that's when the NSSA first started. So we always had you know rivalry with San Diego, which is right down the street. Yeah. Which was really cool, you know. I'm, friend, I'm still friends with those guys today. You know, that was, awesome. it was a cool era. Yeah, back then, of growing up that era, and um, I tried. To, my son's 22, and I tried to tell him, "I go, man, we got away with murder." Well, you know, now, <laughs> now, you know, back then, yeah, you didn't really hang out with kids from other high schools unless no, no. you had a common yes. denominator. And surfing and skateboarding and stuff was yeah. definitely that, that. That was it. Yeah, and yes, that's for sure. And and. Um, but we were a tight knit. We knew all the guys, you know, and, and so we were made men. We were the cool kids because we surfed, you know. Like, yeah. Yeah. You, know, you know, a lot of you know, high school was an issue for me, you know. Yeah. Was, well, you know, you you're in magazines. Yeah. You know, for skateboarding and surfing. Yeah. So your confidence and swagger is a lot more palpable. Yes. <laughs> and, and you're, like when you have that kind of cachet. Yeah. You kind of yeah. Have you, a, you don't a really need to have any swagger because you know you you know you have it. Yeah, yeah. that's the difference. I yeah. think, and and I think about being a kid, and or a young man, it's, it's being self confidence. Yeah, and and if you have, if you show self confidence in anything, yeah, you can do anything. You can do anything. Yeah, and that's that's a, you know, and I try, I try to instill that in my boys. You know, I just gotta be, you know, be confident. Yeah, and I, I had that, but um. Arrogance. Uh, one thing I don't put up with very well is arrogance. Yeah, yeah. Is that Laura? Whoa. <laughs> well, here's the hey, thing. I fucking rip, dude. All I'll right. Tell, I'll tell my son two things. I, I hate arrogance. Ar- people who are arrogant, especially young kids who are arrogant, and old people who are arrogant. Yeah. Those are the ones extremes that just drive me up the wall. Yeah. And nothing worse than a kid who's arrogant. Yeah. And we see them all the time at Seaside. We we have a bunch of kids. We serve with a lot of kids. So, and part of our thing is we're just trying to keep the line up yeah. in, in order. So. Yeah. Kids don't last very long being arrogant at Seaside because they're, and they're told respectfully. And the same thing with old people. You know, old people are all arrogant. You know, so yeah. yeah. Just, anyway. just be cool, people. Just be cool. Yeah. And, yeah. And, um, be respectful. Be yeah. cool. And so, and, but I had that. I never, I don't think I've 
if you ask people when they meet me and stuff, like as a photographer, I'm, I'm pretty approachable. Yeah. Unless you're dropping in on me on the ledge at Seaside, then I become very unapproachable. Yeah. yeah. That's the only time I snap. That's when yeah. T-shirt comes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how did you, uh, when did you get into photography? Like you, you know. In high school. In high school? A, a junior high, I took a class. And then in high school, I was on the school paper the whole time. So I was um, the best, I was a photographer, so I worked in school. I got a ton of English credits without having to take English classes by being the school photographer. Wow. So I did that the whole time. Now, did you, were you taking photos of skateboarding and surfing? Nope. nope. I was just shooting <coughs> school stuff. Yeah. Huh. I didn't really have, I don't know, I just didn't, I shoot a couple little things, but I didn't have the urge to, to shoot that stuff for some reason. Yeah. I, was, I don't know why. But I was You're really getting all the fundamentals down from school. Uh, I was, yeah, I was learning all. I was learning to shoot people photos and meeting people and doing a portrait of them. The same skills I use today. You know, I'd go shoot this teacher. Lighting uh, angle, light, backlight, angle, yeah. shutter speed, like the whole making them look, you know, that kind of stuff, and doing it fast, and usually waiting to the last possible moment to do it, which is something I did. I, I was handing in photos wet all the time. You know, <laughs> this is a production thing, right? Yeah. Newspapers time, where there was paper, you know, that that sent off, and so layout day, all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, so I did that all through high school. And so I, I was already really good at developing in, in, in the darkroom when I got out of high school. Yeah. And then you, you did darkroom at school. Did, did they give you cameras or you had to come to school? I have my own camera. Now my own camera. My dad's old camera. And, but they gave me film, you know, yeah. all, all the chemicals, so we could do our own prints yeah. and all stuff like that. And um, How crazy is it? There's so many things in the past that are so cool and a lost art right yeah. like developing pictures and like you know that's that's a, a neat skill that, okay i'll tell you yeah it's a neat skill but it's also yeah like you said it's a, it's a lost art form unless developing your... alone is a, so here what my life <laughs> used to be is this used to be a, um, a dark room this room right where this roll was yeah. yeah and i had that was a sink over there and so i'd get back from a trip i'd have 45 rolls of film Wow. I would spend two days in that dark room just developing the film like this, listening to music, have my, my stereo in the dark all day, all fucking day. Then I, I got to dry them. Then I have to put them in regulars. Then I got to proof them. This is like a big process. Yeah. So every time I come back from a trip, I did everything myself. So it was a, it was really heavy, you know. But yeah. it was also a process. No, no, no Insta, you yeah. know, no, no, instant no digital, no instant gratification here. Yeah. yeah. Like you had to kind of love and, foreplay, and you <laughs> and you could get the best photo, but you could ruin it in the development stage of it. So you got to be spot on. I was right, saying right there. See that? See the surfboard graveyard shot right there over there? Yeah. Okay. I shot that day, the best day of ocean that soap, and I shot twelve frames uh, on my Hasselblad. I didn't know what I got, so I'm in the dark room, and I'm squeegeeing. It's wet. I'm squeegeeing with my hands to get the water off, and I look up and I go. Holy shit, there's two guys in the barrel. Whoa. You didn't even know? I didn't even know. And and that that's was one of the, that's one of those moments where that photo right that there. Photo right there. That's like winning the lottery right there. Jeff Devine oh called that one of the gosh. Jeff Devine was jealous and thought that was the most beautiful image because it's really hard to get a guy in both sides of the barrel in a perfect way, let alone with a graveyard in the foreground on film, on that a hustle blood. Nuts. So anyway, that's one of those darkroom moments where you're in the darkroom and... Yeah, you're not on like full... The discovery. Like, full, yeah. full auto, you know, you're not yeah. filming, you're just taking a photo. I'm like, focusing too, yeah. by the way. So you don't know if you get it because you know it's going to be soft. Yeah. That's the hard, that was the hard thing about in the manual. I mean, I did a lot of manual focus. Yeah. Even when I started at Transworld, 
I hadn't, I had never used autofocus. Wow. Ever. And so I, I guess for the first time with the 600, I was like, yeah. oh, wow, check this out. Because I didn't need to because I had Nikon cameras. So it's, it's ironic that I never used an autofocus until 99. People would be blown away if you described what it took to take a photo yeah. back in the day. Like when you, when, you know, I forget that, you know, you had to focus. And well, the hardest to... part was you're shooting film. And there's a thing called latitude. Latitude is what the gray area where it's too dark or too light. So you have a really small latitude with color slide film. Black and white film, you have more of an area. You can be a little dark, a little light. With color slide film, you got to be right on. Spot on. on. Spot on. Yeah. It's got to be a perfect exposure. So we all learned to shoot film. Like when I shoot digital, my photos are absolutely perfectly lit. Yeah. Because I know what to do, but um, now, so nowadays everyone everyone cleans everything up in Photoshop, and you know, it's but it's all it's still the funny thing is no matter this digital age, it's still about the decisive moment. Yeah. It is capturing the moment and, and you can tweak song. it and fit, it's filter it that, or whatever. But two fiftieth of a second. Yeah. Did you get it? It does. Does it communicate with someone? Yeah. yeah. That's the whole thing about photography and art is like, does it move people? Does it yeah. show them something like? Oh, that, that moves someone, you know? Yeah. And um, so everyone can say, oh, this new age. They, the, the bottom line is we're still trying to capture a moment. So it's still the same thing people were doing in the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. But it's freaking so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. So I, so going back, you're in high school. You learn how to – that's when you found your passion for photography. You learn how to develop film. What um, what were you going to – What are your aspirations yeah, like to be like your, a, a – the funny thing is, photographer somewhere. I didn't even have any. Um, I took. I did have aspirations. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I know I like doing photos. Yeah. So I took a couple of um, classes at Palmar Junior College, and I, I just over it. I mean, the teachers were blown away at what I could do, but I just didn't have the drive or didn't know where I wanted to go with it. Yeah. You know, I just, just I didn't. I couldn't see anywhere at the end to go. Yeah. Because back then, not a clear cut. It's more an art than than like, hey, this is a you're going to get a degree and you're going to go get a job. But I do remember I was so I was playing in this band, Rachi Loco. And we were being like a bar band, you know. We were, we were playing tons of gigs, and my friend Gus, who was one of our, our drummers, he was he was really good at pit charcoal. He was doing all these cool charcoal drawings, and I just looked at him and I went, "Oh man, that's what I do too." God, and I just got that something hit me. I want to I want to express myself again. It was that easy. It was that fast. Yeah. And then um, I, t- I took another class again. And then I was painting houses in La Jolla. And I'm rolling this wall. And I remember the direction where I go, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> I will starve and do be, be a photographer before I smell this paint again and do this. That was the last day. And I Manual remember. Manual labor. And, and, um, and so I am. Um, and then it happened. And then I got the job. And then I got the job at Transworld as the darkroom tech right after that. So then I was immersed in it. So I was able to create. But it was something. It was as easy as that. All of a sudden, Gus reminded me that I have this. I can do this, and I can express myself with this kind of this realm of uh, this photography. He was doing it with. And then doors opened up, and you got the Transworld. Yeah. Game. Then things started opening up, and I overachieved, and I worked myself out of the darkroom because I was. How, who who gave you the or how Grant, did you get the job? Grant Britton. Okay. Grant Britton is um, he's was the photo editor of Transworld Skateboarding, one of the greatest skate photographers ever. And uh, he's like my mentor. He's the yeah. guy that I wouldn't be doing what I do today if it wasn't for him. He he liked what I do. He mentored me. 
Yeah. He, and, um, and he knew you were a skateboarder. He knew I was a skateboarder. He knew he, a surfer. He knew everything I did. And um, and is he a local here? Yeah, he's local Cardiff. Yeah, he was yeah. He's in Cardiff, and now he's still here. And he's just and also he's a teacher. He he's, he took the he, time to. He is responsible for more photo careers than anyone I know. Wow. Atiba Jefferson, all these famous guys. Really. He is and he has done that. Wow. And it's so cool because he shared. Yeah. And, and he's a teacher. And uh, and he thrives on that. So it's a really beautiful thing. Yeah. To give back. For sure. So but, um, you get a dark room. Like something you do at, at school. You're you know like it's an yeah. inn, but it's not the most glorious. No, like, I, and, job. And, and, and you're printing all day. Yeah. For photos of the mag, and it's not glorious, but at the same time but you're it's, seeing the, everything I'm seeing firsthand. It's coming firsthand. Yeah. And um and I'm I'm in a magazine. I'm, yeah. I'm watching it. It's everyone's very cool. It's for a lot of art. You know, it's just. You know, it's open. You know, I could work my own hours going at night. And it was here, right? And it was in you know, Oceanside, in the valley. Okay. Were, you, were you making more than painting? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Just around the same, probably, probably less. But then I started doing like freelance ads, so it definitely started to make more. Yeah. Um, doing freelance, freelance for what? For skate companies, anyone, you know, anyone doing catalogs. Taking photos or? Taking photos, yeah. That was, so were, you, you, were, you, were you looking at the ads and being like, dude, why were these guys putting these like photos? Like, you yeah. know, you saw people needed help uh, or they approached you? I knew. It's like taking shoot fish in a barrel because yeah. I knew I was better than a lot of that, you know. Um, so you, you found a niche. I found a niche. Yeah, and you found a... Lifestyle work and fashion work because there's tracker trucks down there. There's all these companies that worked around Transworld. So I was able to get a little ad work here and there, bits huh. and pieces. And then... And um, I'm sure like because of who you are and your reputation for, for being a, you know, skateboarder and surfer, I'm sure these companies are like, huh, man, Steve... You know, it's got a good eye, and and he comes from 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 the ground up. You know, let's give him a chance. So. Yeah, yeah, they do. And then, yeah, I, I have a good um, my opinion means something. I think yeah. when it comes to talking to art directors. It's funny with art directors. You know, it's a love hate with art directors. <laughs> you know, you love what they do, and then they hate what you do. You love what they do, and yeah. and, and the art directors very they're visionaries. I love the word visionary. That means you know. I have a vision. I want to make it come to fruition. Yeah. Well, an art director has that. A photographer has that. And a lot of times they're trying to get their photographer to shoot the way they want. So and it's just art, art, art in general. So, yeah. but, but that's um, the process about learning and working with people in a magazine. That's the cool thing about a magazine. There's so many cooks. And you have to learn the social skills to be able yeah. to communicate and, let, and when to back off, when to compromise. Yeah. It's like growing up, you know. You, yeah. So the well, everything's grow- moving so fast paced and you don't have time to like you know argue a lot of times and it's like or, or, I trust you go or when you know, trust and when it's worth fighting for something when yeah. it's not yeah it's like going downhill fast right <laughs> you, you, you're like you gotta know when to yeah hit turn. those gates turn. you gotta know when to lean sometimes you, you gotta, sometimes you hit cones right <laughs> that's point tenth of a second but you got a good dismount yeah I get yeah cause cause you you know, like you said, like you got to know what when it's worth fighting for. It's like that's that, why people wanted to work with you because you you had an eye, but then you also had an opinion, but you didn't overextend. It your also opinion. also helps being you know pleasant to be around. Yeah, and social. And there's a lot of that where I, I know some, I know some great photographers who have shitty social skills. Yeah, yeah, and. It's really hard. Which to, ones? I want to. Throw, no, I'm just kidding. No, but I know. It's sure. really hard. It's really hard to work with people, 
if, you if they aren't communicating or if they aren't, okay. they aren't open and, yeah. and the maturity. God, it's hard to mature. And, they, and I keep using the word compromise. It's hard to, to learn how to compromise in life. You know, that's what comes with older age. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, Laura. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to compromise. You're not going to compromise? I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm a team player. Yeah, we all are, right? You're married still, right? So you must have compromised. For sure. But yeah, I mean, social, we always talk about how important it is to have relationships to to get through through life. Work hard, But you you got to be able to execute and work hard and have all that. But a lot of doors open up. Doors open up, If you can perform. So as you were were working in in the dark room, you started taking photos, shooting photos for the mag. Did you, do you remember, did you get a cover? like? Uh... Yeah, I got a cover of, um, I went to Hawaii for a trip on, on the magazine. And I, I got two covers from that trip. Two. Damn. Dang. First one was a Boa Keda on this mini ramp in Palola Valley. And I went to 7-Eleven and there it was on the newsstand. And that was a moment. You're like, okay. That's a milestone. It's a milestone. And you're like. And but then, you got two covers on one trip? Yeah. Next one was an empty pool. With guys skating it on the south shore above this mansion, that was a kind of art photo. Yeah. That, how, that how did you? Who? Just somebody knew there was an empty, empty pool. Like Gary Owens, pool? Bobby Owens's brother. Yeah. He's a pool guy, and he's like, "Hey, Sherman, we got this pool on the south shore. We're emptying it right now." Wow. Bobby Owens, the redhead, yeah. big wave charger. Yeah, his brother, okay. Gary, great pool skater. And so wow. I go, he's, "We're gonna go tomorrow." I go, "Okay, I'm ready to go. Pick me up." So they pick me up. We pull up to this. What what year are we talking? Like eighty nine, eighty nine. Okay, and this it's right below Diamond Head, uh-huh. facing uh, one of those town. Uh, no, facing toward the ocean, oh, okay. and this little cove. And it looked like, and on top was this pool, and they had emptied it, and it was it was like a picturesque thing. So I got up on the top, of the second balcony, and I shot photos down. What ended up being the cover? It's like a postcard. Yeah. yeah, perfect pool. Guy skating it. Cliff in the, I mean, water. It was, yeah. like, it was like a postcard. I'm on a postcard. So then we're shooting, and then all of a sudden, this guy walks up, and he's like, where's the water? What the fuck happened to the water? And it was a real estate guy. We, we grab our stuff, we grab our stuff, start running. We jump in the car, and he's chasing us through the through the hills of a diamond head. That's oh, hilarious. While we're, we're, we're escaping, but yeah, the guy had no idea. And so, so, so how much do you get for a cover? That was like four hundred bucks. Pretty good money though. Back then, yeah. Everything you know, gravy yeah. on top. It was gravy on top. So were you spoiled? Like, I can get fucking covers. No, no, that you just know that those are. I mean, I got lucky to have those two in a row because. But you just know, you just know that you want. Everyone wants to get that. But the, the, there's so many variables to a cover. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to even. You just got. If it's given to you, it's given to you. Yeah. How how were they in succession? Or yeah, did they these, split them up? These happened to be in succession, I think, wow. because it was the photo issue right after the Hawaii issue, and they put my photo on the cover of the photo issue because it was a it was an art photo because yeah. of, of the background and look a postcard. Wow. Um, yeah. So those. Yeah. So I'm doing that. So then I'm, <clears throat> I'm making a living. I'm shooting skateboarding stuff, and then um, I started doing. This, this is pretty much right out of high school, though, right? No, no. This okay. is a ways away. This is about. He went to college ten off years, and on. Yeah, did yeah, some ten, it's like 10 years later on. So, no, I, was, I was just a dirtbag. <laughs> surfing. Surf, making surf, a living. Surfing a lot. They're surfing so, a lot. Taxi cab driver. Surfing. Painting. Dating girls. Huh. 
Chasing, chasing women, playing music in bands, working, playing the what belly. What was the band called? Borracho y Loco. Borracho y Loco? Drunk and Crazy. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and, we, and you guys played what kind of music? Clip, uh, like Clipso Rock. <laughs> we uh, opened up for the Chili Peppers at the belly. Up. Shut up. We opened wow. up. We opened up for. Um, so you guys are pretty Ziggy good. Ziggy Marley. Oh yeah, you know we were good. We had we had a whole we had a whole unique tropical and unique and a lot of rhythm and it was party. Yeah. And uh, we had a great reputation. People loved it. You know we played. We, so is we, Jimmy Buffett Calypso rocker? No, that? Jimmy Buffett. Is he's this country bus slow? I actually shot photos of Jimmy Buffett last month. Did you? at the belly up? I, I, I met him. And it was, was what what, what uh, instrument you play? I play Latin percussion, like Congo bongo. I can play guitar rudimentally. I can play ukulele, and I can play drums. You know, pretty much. But I, I'm really good at Latin percussion, hand percussion stuff, like yeah. Congo bongo, all that kind of stuff. That's and cool. you you were in that band for for long how time. long? Long time. Off That's and on. funny. So so how the fun. so the magazine. <clears throat> There's a there was a, a big gap between high school to the magazine. Yes, yeah, there was, where I wasn't really doing much of anything. Yeah, no, but but you still had a name. The people knew who you are. You were yeah, in the yeah. mix, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was just trying trying to figure things out. Yeah. You yeah. know, I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah, and um, playing the band was fun because we were making making money and doing side jobs. Um, but then once I started working the magazine, I um, I quit the band. And that's when I quit the band because I just had enough. It just, just wasn't doing much for anymore. It just wasn't making much. You know, I just next, wasn't next move. Yeah. Next move. So then I got the job at the magazine. So then I'm working for the magazine. And then I started working, doing freelance work. And that's where I got on with Stacy Peralta and Pal Peralta doing photography for them, doing awesome. shoots. And I went on a couple tours for them and documented. And then... Um, and they were throwing probably double-page spreads every mag. Yeah, they, 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 they needed advertising work. They needed imagery, and yeah. so I was I was doing really good visually for him. And then, um, and then Stacy decided he wanted to leave and go direct more directing and doing documentaries. So he just called me one day at Silver Lake's office and said, "Hey, I'm going to leave. I want you to take my job." And I, I really hadn't done anything much for him. He's all, "Here's this camera, this camera, this camera." And he t- he taught me how to load this the 16 millimeter. He taught me how to use a video camera. So, so he out of the blue, you you've been working for him for what? Couple years, just couple of years, but not like every day. No, right? far, just, from, far from, yeah, because yeah. they're up and out on projects. They're yeah, up in Santa content. Barbara, right? Well, he was, and he was in Silver Lake because that's where the production place was for the yeah. films. And out of the blue, he said, "Steve, I, I think yeah. I want you to You're take the over." Guy for yeah, this? yeah. I was like, I'm thinking. He says, "You might, you know, I want you to move to Santa Barbara." And I'm, oh wow! So I'm, I'm going, wow! This is a fucking change. But then as it worked out, I didn't have to move to Santa Barbara. I could still go to L.A., shoot a bunch, go to Santa Barbara, and still live in Solana Beach. And then I came back home. I could just surf and then go back out and work my butt off and then come back. And So was there good was there good money he, along he with did, this like, no. gig? Well, it's 2000 a month. Yeah. Which back then, it was pretty good for that. That's yeah. like $24,000 a year. But it was enough to where it was cool. And also because I wasn't tied down. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was just it was worth it. Yeah, because yeah, you could still freelance. It wasn't a nine to five stuff. every no. day. And I thought I think I think it worked well for everyone around. Yeah. yeah. But how what a crazy idea that he had. You know, he had confidence in you, but think about like the guy George yeah. Powell, yeah, who who owns the company. Yeah. I, I, who I, who who Stacy said, Hey, I'm leaving. 
and this dude's going to take over. I Who's this dude? George was tripping. <laughs> and, and George, and he's super mild-mannered, quiet, and I'd meet him, he'd just say very few words and with a smile. And I, I just knew that. But it was what it was. And, yeah. and, and, and I wasn't too afraid. I wasn't really tripping on doing the job. I just did it. Yeah. And did what I wanted to do. And I was friends with all the guys. And So what was your responsibilities? Just to make a film. Make, two, make a film. Yeah, I make a skate film, shoot all the time, then compile footage for every skater, do their video part, get their footage, my footage, decide how you want to do it. Then I'd bring another editor in to help edit at the last part of it, and then um, full production. Yeah. And do you yeah. have like any background in like film zero. or any, zero? <laughs> so learning on, learning on the on the spot. I learned from Stacy. Yeah. Zero. Inner exit film, inner exit frame. All this. I watched films and. And he just gave me rudimentary, like, basic, you know, panning yeah. and stuff. And then I caught on so fast. They love me. And they're, they're all, wow, you, I figured it out pretty quick. Wow. Yeah. What was your first uh, film? Celebrity Tropical Fish was the one where I, I worked for him first. And then the next one I did on my own, which is called Hot Batch, I did on my own. But Celebrity Tropical Fish had a ton of, um, we still had a big budget. So it was film and all, all the Super 8 stuff. And it was all mixed together. And they did it with no music. They just kept raw it was a super raw and when you so hear just ambient sound ambient and sound and i i didn't know what they're gonna do but it was but the footage was very cool yeah i, I shot high speed 16 millimeter i i i i rev the camera up to as fast as it would go it'd go like 55 frames a second instead of 24 it'd be slow enough to really dope and so i i did it you know i, yeah. I pulled it off and that was different from from the other movies going out, like a little bit more yeah. artsy and yeah. kind of yeah. different perspective. Yeah. And so that time I was still working, and then I was working for Surfing Magazine around that time. Doing freelance for them? Yeah, freelance. I started freelancing for Nick Carroll, doing a couple things. I went, in 95, I went to Australia for him. I mean, I went to um, France, covered the world tour yeah. in, in France. Were you still working for Powell or no? No. Okay. This is right after that. Okay. So how long was the, the stint at? Three years. Three years. Okay. And then um, and Nick Carroll sent me to France, and so I did that. How, of, how did you link up with Surfing Magazine? Um, Nick Carroll. Okay. Nick Carroll, he was, uh, I kind of met him through Jeff Baldwin. He's an Australian. Yeah. Tom Carroll's brother. Baldy. Yeah, Baldy. Baldy's a good friend of mine. And he just, he was a visionary, and he knew what I'd done. He'd seen some of the stuff I'd done. And so he opened it up. So he just sent me to France and told, talk to Fat Al. Al. <laughs> Fatty Al. Yeah. yeah. Al so, Hunt. Al Hunt. Yeah. So the, I, what was he, the commissioner? Yeah. Or what? He's just he was the president. The president. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I show up and he's off. Okay, well, you fit to Nick, right? Okay. And so he's like, I guess this is going to be okay. Yeah. So I just hung out back in the back area and shot these photos. And it came out really good. It was It was fresh. And, and so then, so... So I, did you go there with the uh, instructions or just you went with I, a vision of, in your head? Nick said, do what I do. Yeah, cover and, it. Cover, cover it, it and, and, and embed yourself. So I did, and I got all kind of fresh stuff no one had ever seen, places that no one thought about shooting photos behind yeah. the art. So I, I, I pulled that off, which was, it was really cool. I yeah. was like, okay, I can do this. Did, did, so you, did you have any, like... Relationships with any guys on tour? Yes, I did. I okay. knew Kelly because of the momentum. Yeah, I knew Kelly. Um, what? Why? Did, how did you know just Kelly? Just from hanging momentum? down here at Taylor's to, house. Yeah, hanging at Taylor's house and did the momentum shots and stuff. So, oh, you shot those photos? 
I shot the one. The one. There's one like this. yeah, one back there. Yeah, yeah I shot that. Yeah, I shot that one. That's where I met all those guys. So I knew Kelly, and um, so wait, take us back in time. When when was this? That was in '92. Okay. When and Taylor Steele called, and I just met Taylor. Taylor was a seaside guy, but he was he's younger. He's like, hey, sure, mom, would you be doing mind doing a, a group shot for me? He goes, I want to get all these guys for maybe for a cover for a focus. I'm like, yeah. yeah. So he, he lists every name of those guys. You know, they're all going to be at your house at 2 o'clock on Thursday. I'm like, yeah, sure. sure. Uh-huh. Okay, I'll be there. <laughs> I'm thinking there's no way in hell. Yeah. Well, at 2 o'clock, every one of those guys showed up on time. And they're all in my fucking front yard. I'm like, holy fuck, look at this. But they weren't superstars yet. They yeah. weren't super, but in my book they were. In your book, yeah. okay. They in my were, book they, they were. already yeah. like... I knew that there was... This that was, was like, a new generation. Yeah, so... I shot the him. Next Mom- generation. Momentum generation. Yeah, so, and then <laughs> I knew Donovan a little bit. So I, then I became friends with those guys. Yeah. I was a made man. As yeah. soon as they knew I was friends with Taylor, I was made man. Yeah. And Kelly was my friend. And Kelly was really, really cool to me. And so I got closer with Kelly. And, um, so yeah. kind of, so you're in France. You you know Kelly a little, you know, yeah. a little bit, decent yeah. enough to where you know you could have a conversation. Oh yeah, he knew what he knew what I was doing. Yeah, so, and, and I got some really unique photos. Of and him. he's still probably one of the most popular guys at the time, like on yes. tour, even though totally. he was still like a grand. Yes, and was uh, Baywatch already happening? It's over. It's already done. He was, uh, but he Kelly was. He just he liked me. Yeah, and, you know he knew me from surfing seaside. He, I see him from you know. So he knew he knew what I did and how I did it. So we were close enough to where he let me in his world. Yeah, which was so cool at that point. You know, yeah. that Kelly. You know, that's I really gotta appreciate that he's always been comfortable with me. Yeah. So. So what kind of photos were you getting in France? Like, what was it? Was the, the one that you came the back? One, and the Nick, one I remember. Nick, Nick was this freaking. Well, the one of um, the best one was that Sunday got a new board. It was a Channel Island shipped to him at the contest site, and he was riding from Blue Hawaii, so he need he didn't have any Blue Hawaii stickers. Of course not. So, so <laughs> Kelly is is in this room in a back room by himself with Sonny, and he's drawing a Blue Hawaii logo on Sonny's board <laughs> while Sonny stands over him watching. Oh my god! And I'm looking around, going, "Does no one else see this? Fuck! Oh my god!" And the yeah. guys just I'm, they don't even notice I'm there. Yeah. And that was a two-page spread. Yeah. They, were, they were number one and number two in the world. That and, is incredible. And, and then there's another one that, when all the Frenchies knew that Kelly was in this little little cubicle, and he's got this towel over his head, and he's like, ah! And he's like, he's just freaking because there's literally like fucking 5,000 Frenchies screaming his name. Yeah. And he was hiding. And so I got photos like that. So that was what a of, cool perspective to, to, to yeah. just to fly be, on the wall. To be in that moment where... This is, what, this is what this guy has to go through. You hear about it like, oh, he's running down to the beach in a jersey, but this is just, and I approach, he's just trying to prepare. I approach, I, to this day, I approach like a fan. Yeah. yeah. If I'm at Lamore and I'm doing, and I'm with Gabriel Medina, I'm just going, I'm, I'm in awe. Cause, and yeah. then those guys do something that is really unique, yeah. and they don't mind me shooting a photo of it, or they know that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be respectful. Yeah. But it's still, I'm a fan. Yeah, and like right so, now. So that was your first, first uh, kind sorry. of like yes, that's surfing. <laughs> I mean, of surfing, right? Like yes, first official trip that I had branched away from skateboarding, and I was working for a magazine on a surf trip like that. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd gone to Europe once with um, on a trip for Xanadu to do a film with Donovan. Xanadu. 
Xanadu. And so I was traveling with Baldy and Xanadu and, and Peter King, and I was making a, uh, a video for him. And, and Aaron Chang was on the trip, so I was the second photographer. Wow. So I'm with Aaron Chang, and Aaron yeah. Chang's pretty uptight sometimes. Yeah. But he was very nice to me, and... It's all, and this I, is before? This is before. This is 93. Wow. Okay. I just remember the funny thing. So I'm, I'm in Europe for the first time, and I'm just frothing. I'm shooting fast. And I remember one time there was this swing set down on this. I run down and shoot in front of the swing set. And I come back and Aaron goes, Sherman, you sure shoot a lot of photos. <laughs> and I just went, yeah, I'm kind of frothing. Yeah. <laughs> stuff that you wouldn't shoot, so it's yeah. like a, it's perfect. But that was and so then they used a couple of my images from the article and so Nick saw that stuff. Mm. And Nick went, Oh, okay, sure, but I I kinda get this what he's Yeah, you like you liked your point of view. And then, was... then after France, he sent me and Matt George to Bells to cover the Bells on Easter weekend. The Bells where all the, the kids every it's a yeah. blah. We stay at the tracks house. We were drinking nonstop. Till a wee hours in the morning and running on the street. Matt George is like, he's like Hunter Thompson. He's running through the streets naked and just, everyone's out of their minds. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was like a, a party. It was like a Hunter S. Thompson book where we embedded ourselves in it and we were documenting. And we're, I'm shooting photos of, like, the bartender showing Matt George an idea for a fin he has, you know? <laughs> and, and, and it just, Matt is just talking to everyone, and like you know, girls are dancing. And so I, it was another. I'm a big fan of Hunter S. Thompson's work and the way he writes. He embeds himself and, and he becomes part of the story, and you know, and he tells fiction with truth. Yeah. And embed and this makes it bigger than life. He's also yeah. documenting, and um, it's called Gonzo. Yeah. And to this day, that's kind of how I roll. I'm yeah. Gonzo. You know. I love it. And if either. Either you roll with me or don't, you know. Like, yeah. well, you're you're not going to make the cut if you show up and you're not part of the group. Oh, and no, you know, they're going to be like, yeah. that guy's not coming on and saying, oh, sure, he could back back the beers down. He's up all night partying I, with us, but he's getting his he's I getting roll. his job done. Well, that's why you know Andy knew he could roll. I could roll. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll just say that. Yeah, you know, yeah. or Bruce, or Rocky. Yeah, or Parco. Yeah, <laughs> those are my boys. Those, but those guys, you know. It's not like I was like lurking with them all the time. No. But, but they knew if I'm around, I'm in with them, and I, I, I was part of them. Yeah. And and also knew when to shoot photos, and also they knew very well when to say, "Hey, Sharon, I don't, we can't have any photos of this." Yeah. And yeah. I went, "That's all I got to say." Yeah. yeah, for sure. That's We're not big... here for a long time. We're yeah. here for a good time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but that I mean that how cool is it for you know for you to just. You know, here you are, a great photographer. You get a chance to go on, I mean, essentially, the world tour. Yeah. And, you know, what you're doing is not competing with the other photographers that are there trying to cover the competition. Yeah. And you have this bond with these guys, you know, because you're... People were tripping. Yeah. yeah. Because even to this day, like, the WSL photographers, I have in, they don't. Yep. Yeah. Even with nowadays, even with the servers today. Like the new... new the new, new generation... Group. Philippe, yeah, Gabriel, yeah, those guys like what I do, yeah, and and they, they trust me. Yeah. And honestly, like you're not taking action shots, no, you're taking life, yeah. like I'm taking stills. Their, I'm taking their blood, yeah, no, no, you're capturing like, yeah. but po- is it is the word poignant? poignant, 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 yeah, poignant moments in in history that you know people look back on and and go, damn, 
that was an, an well, incredible. Well, that's what I, that's what it comes down to. Is like you, photographers, you know, you say, well, how many? If you see, say you're a photographer, how, how many famous photos can you name of yours? Yeah. You know, how many photos do you remember of yours? Yeah. And that's kind of a telltale of like your body of work. Your body of work. You yeah. know, you can tell that. So. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty proud that you know. People ask them, they, they can remember some of mine, for sure. Yeah, yeah, which is huge. Which is huge, but still, you know, I'm, I'm not like I'm killing, you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm still keeping the dream alive, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm not killing it by any means. Yeah. No. And that's why I'm selling photos on the side here and doing my work. Yeah. Because this pandemic, everything shut down. I haven't yeah. gone on tour, and the WSL doesn't pay me. Yeah. I don't work for the WSL. The WSL won't hire me. Yeah. Wow. They won't hire me, but they give me access only because... They have to because I'll be there getting in their way if they don't. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm probably going to get in their way even though I am working them. Yeah. But I have some, there's something that, with the WSL that I'm, I just think I'm just too bigger than life or something that they won't let me work for them anymore. Or I, well, I, they I, just want total control <coughs> probably of, of, you know, everything that comes out of the vents or control. Yeah, that's true. And that's okay. I don't mind doing it this way. And um, I just want the access. You yeah. Know? And, and a lot of these photo- I've told so many people, I go, you know what? There's, you know, a girl working for the WSL, and she's being a bitch. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be here long after you're gone. Yeah. yeah. And, and and I'm not here for the money. Yeah. yeah. I'm here for I'm here because I'm a fan. Yeah. And for the art. Yeah. yeah. And, and to get a couple of waves after I snap a couple of shots. <laughs> yeah. And for the evening glass off. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So go back. Bell's 95. 96. 96. And then, and then where'd you go? Um, I kind of... Laid low, I was working for surfing, and then I went to the North Shore in 98 for surfing, just to cover the events, and um, I did a really cool piece on all, all, the, all the young hot kids, Mark Healy introduced me to, I got photos of Mason Ho when he was like 7 years old, Wow. Mark Healy when he was 16, all the boys, and it was just groundbreaking, Mark really set me up. The new Hawaiian breed right here. All the new Hawaiian breed, everyone, and... I mean, they all were so young, and and Mark, just he he liked me. He figured me out. That's one thing that this guy they like me, and they're like, "Fuck, Sherm's easy." Yeah. So I, I shot for him, that, and that's also when um when I started um I started doing stuff for Channel Islands too. Yeah. For the first time, so I went from so I did a couple of shoots for them there. So everything kind of opened up then, and then Transworld starts hinting. They want to do a surf magazine. Didn't you do some stuff with Rusty too? I heard. I did some stuff with Rusty. I did Rusty campaigns in the early nineties. Okay. That's where I dabbled in surf. I was shooting full on. When I was working with Paul Peralta, I was still doing Rusty ads, which was crazy. Okay. And I was even traveling with them, doing catalog shoots in Hawaii. For so Rusty. You, for Rusty. So you had to end with surf and skate from like the beginning, pretty much. Yeah, from the beginning. But the 90s was just kind of a trippy, like, I was just dabbling with Rusty. Yeah. No magazine stuff, really, just doing ads. Then my stuff, and then Dave Carson the gra- is a graphic artist, very famous, great surfer. He started working for Surfer as an art director. So I started, and he's very radical. He likes the beautiful mistakes. He likes fucked up type. Yeah. He likes, so I was working with him, and he was doing Rusty ads and stuff like that. So I kind of had it in with doing that stuff right there. So my work was kind of getting more darker and more stark and more moody. Yeah. And just dark. Yeah. I was going through a dark period, and I loved doing that. So um, that's my dad. So anyway, I'm then, um, 
we went into the Rusty thing. I worked for Rusty, and I did that for about three or four years. So I had no. That was my way of getting out of the skateboarding world. Yeah. And it was refreshing. Yeah. Because I was shooting a ton of skateboarding, and I was really sick of laying in gutters shooting street skate. <laughs> you want you want to be in sand I, in the feeding the I, sand I, I went, and I, with I, the warm I, water. And, I, I, I get. I yeah. just remember sitting in a curb one day, and I'm going, man, I got to figure something else out. Yeah. I, I want to be. I got. I, I want to get in the service. So I, I had. I've always had this vision. I, I just want to do lifestyle stuff for the surf. So I had this vision. Taking that same look. And, and, I, and I took that same look and I did it. And I made that come to fruition. You know? And that's why when I came photo writers, I was teaching these guys what I had learned as far as photojournalism. Um, approaching things a little differently. You know, pulling back, skateboard photography meets surfing. Yeah. Get and the whole perspective. Get the whole like perspective. The area of, you know, yes, pulling back. Because yeah. guys were so immersed in just that small zone of... They're trying to you know, please, like, well, in Larry's shot, Larry had his style. Great, Larry, Flame was so beautiful in his style. Yeah. But he had a certain way, like, things done. 250 light, 830, Salt Creek, be there. Nine o'clock's too late, you yeah. know? And so that's the way he rolled. For my stuff, it was a lot more eclectic. Yeah. So, um, which, is ne- which was needed for those magazines yeah. and for the. Well, that's what Nick Carroll saw. Yeah. That's why Nick Carroll, he's another visionary. He, he knew that I could bring something to the table that no one else was, you know. So, and basically, and as I said, I'm just a surf fan, man. Yeah. I'm just a surfer. Yeah. And I'm going to surf. But how cool you're getting all these big wigs that running these magazines that are complimenting you. Like, hey, we, we want to commission you. We're not, you know, might yeah. not have been full time, but we're yeah. going to give you as much work as we can. And Yeah, giving me, and then Flame okaying Nick to have the money to send me there was a big deal. Yeah. Because Flame... You know, I just, you know, what I did, he got it. He's a, he's a, he's a smart enough guy, but yeah. he just wasn't embracing it because different. it was different. It was yeah. different. But to the point where, I guess he picked me for the job when he was dying in, in, on, on, you know, 2003, he picked me wow. for the job, That's which huge. I was, was the biggest moment of my life. Because, photo editor? Photo editor. Because I knew Larry was sick and I knew that he didn't want to give it up yeah and I, so I'll go into the story so in 2004 so Evan Slater goes hey well, can, can you eat for lunch at this sushi place off um, in, in, in um, San Clemente so yeah so we all sit down with Larry and Larry's sitting there at this table super quiet well oh. fuck this is oh no this isn't going right so we're talking we're talking and Evan's sitting there, me and Evan are talking the whole time Larry's not saying a word so then um Evan goes to the bathroom, and I look over at Larry, and I go, Larry, I know this isn't an easy thing, what's, you know, what's going on, you know, I know, you know, yeah. you're doing well, and, but, um, you know, I can't, you know, I, I can't begin to think of doing this until I get your blessing. Yeah. And he grabs my hand, holds it, he's all, Steve, you already got it. Wow. And, um. That is freaking It was really, it was really beautiful, because. And I said, Larry, you know I'm going to make this magazine the best it can be at this point. For sure. And he, and so that was like one of those moments yeah. where that was probably the big, one of the biggest moments in my life because of someone of a peer of mine. Dude, that ran yeah. a, was a chip and had I a, was a photo editor yeah. of, of his, I was his nemesis for a while at yeah. Transworld. And yeah, because we didn't even talk about Transworld. No, no. He, he, and he let it go. And so anyway, those are the kind of moments where you know, you're, 
people that are, that are super in their ways. It's just the magazine world, you know? Magazine yeah. world went up and down. But how, magazine world's gone now. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's so gone. There's that world. There's no more ad guys. Yeah. yeah. There's there's no more art directors. There's no more covers. There's no more covers. There's, there's no more magazines laying around bathrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Our our surf Damn. bibles are are they vanished? They vanished. I, I want to go backwards a little bit. I so have you, you, right you were going to talk about Channel Islands. So Cha- yeah. So. Um, Britt Merrick was on North Shore Hawaii in 98, and I met him, and I'd never, I'd never really met him. He's like, hey, Sherm, he goes, hey, would you be in doing a couple of ads for me here? I need some stuff for the boys. So I shot some stuff on the beach like I do. Yep. Came out great. Yeah. Instantly. Ads. And it was who at the time? Taylor Knox, um, Kelly. Rob. Malloy's, Rob, Malloy's. everyone. I mean, who was everybody? Wow. Everyone there. <laughs> and I and, and when, when, when somebody like you gets asked to do something like that, I, that's pretty decent money, right? No? It's it, it was it's not great money. Yeah. I mean, it was good. Um, a bunch of boards and some <laughs> scratch. And well, here's the first thing. <laughs> the first thing I did was order t- a 6.5 and a 6.8 from Brett. And, and, and I was, I was, I'd never had a channel on it. So, yeah. So. Because you were on Rusty's for a while, right? I was on Rusty's, and so I, but I was looking to make the change so that was but then I did start making some more money so it was it was it wasn't great yeah but it was enough to where it was worth doing now were you at Transworld at the time no I was still working for surfing okay but then in January the, the, a month later Transworld announced Transworld Surf and they announced I was going to be the photo editor so when they announced I, with Steve Zeldin and, and Chris Cote so when they announced Steve Sherman was going to be the photo editor they were able to bring on advertising. Because your oh, name had clout. I had clout. Yeah. Skate photographer, surfer. Yeah. They knew. So they they were able to really bring in all the heavy hitters. Zelda, yeah. brilliant marketing man, yeah. sales. He, taught, he had everyone. So from the McKnight, Hurley, everyone, you know. And, so, it, and then for the, the, the sponsors, you know, the guys doing ad, ads, it was, hey, we're going after a younger demographic. We're going to yeah. have a different look. It's gonna, yes. We're not competing, you know. We're as, not competing with them. We're going for a younger. It's going to be a skate meets surf vibe, humor. Yeah. And so we, we, we went after that. And, uh, and it was a great, great timing, great magazine. It was too. a great. So for me, it was like, okay, we got, we jumped into it. And eventually what I started doing was there's this photographer named Mark Seliger. He works for Van, he worked for Vanity Fair and Rolling Stone. I had assisted with him around 1990. He, he was doing a piece on my friend Chip Morton, who is a, 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 a clothing guy. And so and I assisted him. So Mark Seliger shot a lot of medium format. And he dressed people up, like very famous portraits. So I'd work for him, and I, he was a huge influence. So what I started doing is emulating what he did with people. So my thing was like, um, I shot Corey Lopez. I turned him into Mud Man. So I, I, I showed up at his house, made a mud, put him and packed him in mud, let it dry, and made him into Mud Man. I turned Taj Burrow into Mad Max. I so we had the all these. Kind of um, playing them up for characters for their interviews. Yeah. So these portraits, I was on a roll. Yeah. I did some of the best portrait work that had ever been done, all medium format. Silver Who? Surfer. Silver Surfer. Silver Late Surfer. Late night with Silver That's right. Surfer. That's right. Down here at La Jolla, uh, La Jolla Shores, or yeah. Uh, yeah, at all the sandstone. Were you like, at the Magnet? 
I don't think I think that's right after I left. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't, don't remember. No, I know I don't. Right when you were saying that, I was like, oh yeah, Larson did. Yeah, they did a they did these big story pieces, and each person had like a different uh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, it was it was groundbreaking. Yeah, and so it was it was cutting edge, you know. And then um, so I did that for about so I had a job, office job, me, you know. $30,000 a year, which was just absurd. And I told him so. I go, you guys, I'm doing everything here, and you're, you're underpaying me, and you're getting all my photography for free, blah, blah, blah. And so um, it ends up then. And you couldn't do freelance. No, I think you were still doing I something. was doing freelance. Okay, I could do ad work. Yeah. But, um, but then uh, the politics came to a rise, and I got fired. Who fired you? The guys, the guys in the uh, in the advertising department, came Ooh. up with a bunch of kind of think lies I'd done. So they said stuff I'd done, and and so and I couldn't believe it. Yeah, uh, it, it was the biggest. So this is a big life blow. Forced you know? out. I mean, I, I I build this thing. Yeah, and then they're like, they forced me out. I couldn't. It was right after nine eleven, and I was just shocked. Wow. I was pissed because I I did not deserve to be let go. Well, yeah. that and you had so much involvement, like you said, on, on the side. You had such a small, tight team. And, yeah. and, you know, you guys, you know, it was it was working. It was, it was, wor- working. It was working, but I'm so, not going to go into details, but, yeah. but some fucking shitty stuff went down. But that's politics in general. That's just the way workplace is. Yeah. So yeah. I, I accepted it, but I was really angry for a while. And I was holding the anger in. And it was really affecting my life. And Michael Marks... He was working for surfing at the time. He took me aside. He said, Sherm, yes, I'm a good friend. I'm your friend, man. You got to let this go. You look angry. You seem pissed. It, it's like a cancer. Yeah. You got to let this go. And it was so, I went, oh, my God, you're right. It was so mind-opening. And, it, and so then I went and went to the people that fired me. I said, listen, you guys, we all know how this went down. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let you guys, I'm going to let it go. Yeah. You know it wasn't right. I know it wasn't right. Yeah. But I'm letting it go for the better or for me. And sure enough, then they hired me back to shoot photos for them for a while. Wow. So I did that for a little bit. Yeah. Um, it, was it, just takes fun. A, it takes a big man to let go and swallow your pride. and But it's like, uh, hey, but what, you, you what, better, what better to get back at them than take their money? But you yeah. weren't expecting them to hire you back. No. You're just like, look, water under the bridge. Yeah, on the bridge. It's a small industry. But Pete Terrace, Peter Terrace is working for him, yeah. and, who I love. He's one of my favorite people, and I love working for him. He, so he he became my photo editor, which I love. He pushes me in the best way. So then I worked for them for about about a year. Yeah. It was good. I was traveling. I was doing my thing, but it wasn't like that. And then the flight. And then, so then, Flame had the brain cancer, and it was going back and forth, and it was just... And Surfing Magazine was going downhill. Surfing Magazine was looking horrible. Yeah. There was no visionaries there. It was just falling apart. So then they hired Justin Height and my friend Chada to kind of help the art direction up. And then Evan Slater decided, you know, it was going to have to be a time when they had to get someone else. And that's when, you know, Flame agreed that, you know, it was time for him to go. And then they interviewed a bunch of people and they hired me. So, so I, I got the ultimate revenge. I got hired back, but was the job everyone wanted. Yeah. And I got it when I needed it. Yeah. And then I brought Surfing Magazine visually back up. Yeah. We brought it back. And um, 
so this is what uh, this whole thing of uh, it's a roller coaster ride of my whole life is it's up and down yeah. you know you're down you're up you're down you're up and so but i mean our industry is small and it's pretty common not just in the magazine world or photography world or you know you're you're a corporate dude at the brands you know like you run your course you yep. know you get a different mix and and people jump ship and you know they 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 bring a different perspective and re re-energize and revamp different, yes. different brands and mags so yeah. if, if you if you work hard you're yeah. passionate and you treat people right you always land on your feet yes right so then i saw and i ended up doing that for about three years again yeah and after about three years i think i was starting to i was working in an office you know at san clemente so I'm usually, good, I'm, I'm usually good at an office job. I figure out for about three years now. That's my. That's my <laughs> yeah. So then I talked. But he's to really good on tour. Yeah. So I talked to Evan, and Evan talked to me, and we both decided it was probably time for me just to go back out and do my thing. So I um, we got Pete Terrace to come in and be fun writer, and I, I worked for surfing, and just did, I was able to go back on the road. So 2008, I went back out, made more money than I'd ever made my whole, my whole life, pretty much. And it was doing tons of ad work, traveling, and um, is that when you're doing stuff for like Quicksilver, and yes, Oakley, and yes, yes, you know, exactly. The, I was like, doing, I was my role. Yeah. So you were the hired, hired. I was gun. hired gun. I had Oakley in my pocket. Um, I had. They don't want to send everybody to boring, you know, corporate world here in California. They want to get live yeah. shots around the world. And, um, and you're and, there. And then Kelly was making a comeback, and um, I started following him in 2000. I think it was five when he when he did number seven I think it was, and uh, Quicksilver hired me with with a um, a fee a retainer a, <coughs> a retainer to, to get the shot yeah very lucrative yeah <coughs> so I did that and then I did his eighth I did his ninth I did his tenth and I did his eleventh wow damn and and I I covered him on those and it was very it was very easy. And Kelly you know said you know what a trippy like <coughs> turn of events. Right? Yeah. Because cause here you are working for a magazine and freelancing, right? And then all of a sudden you work for a brand for an iconic surfer yeah. that the whole world wants to see. And you were the perfect person to, to portray. Yeah. Did, did Kelly, did they know, like, hey, we need to send somebody with you? Did he? Yeah, yeah. Kelly, it, it was. He vouched? He vouched. And yeah. it, was, it was very low key. Kelly didn't like the idea of any, knowing anyone was there to capture, capture winning a title. But he also knew he had to please them <coughs> to get the images. Yeah. And he knew I was a perfect guy because he, he said, the cool thing about Sherman is he knows when to shoot the photo and he knows when not to shoot the photo. Yeah. Keep the personal. Keep And he knows, and knows that. So that's why I've, I've, I've got great photos of him over the, in the years. And, yeah. He's the greatest surfer of all time. He's the greatest surfer of all time. I mean, and wet, I mean that during that, that, I mean, he was unstoppable. Unstoppable. Andy, it was Andy that. So you were him. there. I was there for the good, the bad, the ugly. Can, yeah. Can we talk about the three years of, yeah. of dominance of Andy and how you were pretty much at different places yeah. and points I, of? I'd say at the beginning of that started. In 2003, when I was when I was back working for for Transworld after I mean, for surfing, was it Transworld? I was Transworld, I think. Yeah, because they used it. Yeah, I was Transworld, as on the North Shore, and Andy, and that's when um at the Red Bull House, 
And I, every morning I go to house to house, have coffee. Yeah. That's one thing. I'm welcome in any house on the North Shore. I can walk into any house and I can grab a cold beer or a cup of coffee. And sure, cool. So I always I went to the Red Bull house. That's where um, Mick was living. Yeah. And, and Andy. I walk in and there Andy's on his computer. Everyone's up having coffee. So I get a cup of coffee. And I'm sitting there having my coffee. And all of a sudden the door opens up and it's Kelly. And he's in a golf shirt and golf pants. He's like, is Damien here? And then Andy looks over and he goes, Damien doesn't live here. He's like, oh. He opens the door and he walks in and starts walking around the living room. Dead silence. Mix over in the corner. Awkward. Awkward. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going. So this is the Red Bull house. Off the wall. 2003. Yeah, off the wall. And, and, and they're number one, two in the world. And they're going to have a cert. They're going to serve the Popline Masters in a week to determine who's the world champ. So, I'm there. And then so Andy, Kelly walks around the room. And then he gets back up and he's like, oh, I guess Damien's not here. And so everyone's just kind of going. And he walks out the door. And then Andy goes, what the fuck was that? <laughs> what the hell? And he starts, but no, before he does that, though. So I'm sitting there and Kelly walks behind Andy. And I have my, my camera with high-speed film in it, black and white. And I look over there, and when he walks in the door, I go, click, click, click. And I put it down, like nonchalant. Well, he, so it ends up, that phone will became, I can be famous, because that's like kind of, yeah. that's Kelly maybe play, play, playing a mind play game, probably. Me. Yeah. We don't, it's, and Kelly to this day kind of denies it, but yeah. he, he always has a grin on his face when we talk about it. So, and Mick t- talks about this. Yeah. Um, and Mick was in the corner. Mick, he, we didn't know that. He, yeah. he went into Andy's inner circle, and you're not allowed in the inner circle. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is, so where I was, was that I'm friends with both those guys. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, just as good as friends with Andy as Kelly. So I'm like, treading, I'm going from court, you know, and thing. Yeah. And so, um, so wait, who was he looking for? Damien? Damien, he was looking Ogden? for, a, he, no, he was looking for a Damien who worked for Oakley. Who was staying across the house next door, supposedly, and he was looking for him, supposedly. Yeah. So that was the story. Yeah. So then, the photo comes out. It's a great photo. They run it two page spread, and um, so and the photo. They, so they, they play it up. So you know. Did and you he, caption it? No. Um, the editor did at the time. Joel. He he said basically inferred that Kelly was trying to suck on Andy. So I go to Queens on the next March. I haven't seen Kelly in like four months. Yeah. And I'm at the, I'm in the Monroe's house. And he goes, hey, Sherm, can I talk to you for a second? <laughs> he takes me out to the pool. He's all, Sherm, he's all, why did you tell those guys at Transworld I was trying to psych out Andy? And I'm all, dude, I'm just telling you, you walked in and you walked out and Andy freaked out. And I told it the way it was. And I didn't tell him. It I, wasn't, yeah, it was yeah. just the response so that he got. He looks at me, he's all, Okay, that's all right. Yeah, but he was he he couldn't wait to see me. Yeah, because he wanted to call me on that. Yeah, so that's kind of the stories that. So I was constantly going back. So then later on, I guess this is about five or six years ago. They had a champs thing on Surfline where all the world champs were on a table. Yeah, everyone's there. Kelly's there. CJ and Mick goes, "Hey Kelly, remember when Tom and you walked in the house, the Red Bull house?" And he's like, "Yeah." He's like. Andy was convinced that you and Sherm set him up. Yeah. He thought that that was all set up. Yeah. And he he was convinced of it. 
But Andy was such a sweetheart to me, he never really confronted me with that. Yeah. Except so for... So did you? No. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it couldn't have gone any better. I couldn't have set up any better. I, I've heard that, too, that, that you... you I, I had You no, went in knowing that Kelly was... You can't was set gonna, stuff up like that. You like, can't set stuff like no. that up. Yeah. And, but that was a conspiracy it was theory. Just that a, was a conspiracy. A coincidence. So then he told, he told Kelly that, and Kelly's like, whoa. It really shook Kelly. Yeah. Well, that red... That Red Bull, that that off the wall house, they're like mirror. Yes. it's mirror. You know, yeah. like it's just, you walk up and it's you right. Know, they're right close. It's yeah. really similar. So I mean, it could be a real. There's so much gray area. Yeah, yeah. But so that's the st- and I when I do talks, I get more questions about that shot than any other shot. But yeah. but just but let's put this in perspective. <laughs> Kelly mistakenly goes to a different house, right? That, that's what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. But Kelly remembers. The wind conditions, the score, how many waves he's gotten, how much time is left. Oh, and, of and, every heat, of every he could, and, contest. And, and, I mean, the, all, all the the mysteriousness of his, you know, incredible competitive prowess. Like, yeah. you know, oh, he he shook hands with him. Oh, he, he did this. He brushed he said, up against him. In the he said he loved him. Like, <laughs> he said he loves me. <laughs> like, you know, there's all of that, you know, going around. Which you got one of the so, most, you know, iconic photos of. The best rivalry in our sport probably ever. Yeah. You know? So there's a fun so of late, the two champs. So this is in 2005 when I go to France. I mean, I went, I went to uh, to Brazil to cover Kelly coming back. Wait, can, can I yeah. uh, interject? So Andy won that year, right? He won that year. So he had the world top. So, so in dramatic fashion. Dramatic too, fashion. Right? So the next March, there, Kelly gets this second place world title cup. And that cup, we were staying at the Monroe's house. That cup ended up staying in this bedroom where I stayed for like f- five years later. And I would stare at that, that, that damn second place trophy. Oh, my That God. was the motivator for five world titles was that damn trophy. I After. bet. So, but check this out. So, so now we're in um, But Brazil. that was Andy's first, right? Was that Andy's first? Yeah, I think it was first. Yeah. So, so for then, two more years... Right? Yeah. You, you were I was there. in the mix, chronicling so this is heavy the best. moments. So I'm in Brazil, and um, so Kelly's are trying to get his next, get his seventh world title. So me and Jamie Tierney, well, I, I heard that there was a party over at, a, at Bruce or Andy's place or something like that. So I go, okay, cool, we'll cruise over there, because Parco's there. And yeah. Oh, my boys. So I show with Jamie, <coughs> they're playing poker. It's all quiet, and Andy's sitting there, and, and all of a sudden, Andy goes, <coughs> fucking Sherman. He's all, I know why you're here. I go, I go, what do you mean? He's like, you're here to watch me lose this to Kelly when he wins his world title. I know it's what you're doing. And I go, whoa, hold on, bro. I go, dude, I go, I'm here to capture whatever happens. If you win this thing, I'm going to be capturing you. Because we're friends. And, and he's flipping. He's really in my face. So yeah. at the same time, Parko picks up my camera. This is still film. Yes. And he's, he has my FMT. He's like, click. And he's mocking me. Oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. Shooting photos of, of Andy in my face. Wow. And it's going click, click. And I'm going. Do you have those? I have those. Oh, man. And then, so then, and then I go, dude, I go, don't you remember? And this is, um, he'd won a world title. Remember when I, I met you in the airport? I dressed you like the president? Dude, I was there for you. <coughs> I care about you too. And he looks at me. He's all, 
my bad. And he goes up and gave me a big hug out like zoom. Yeah. <coughs> so oh. I have three photos of him and my face going like this. And the last one is him with his arm around me. They're out of focus. That's so but awesome. Parko document and Parko this day. How funny. He loves that moment. Yeah. So <coughs> you were there though, like, okay, 2003, Kelly lost. 2004, Kelly lost. 2005, Kelly lost. Right? I think 2005 is when Kelly finally won again. Yeah, that's when he won. That's when he won. So that when I was in Brazil, because Kelly or uh, Andy won three years in a row, right? Yeah, he three peated. So, so this is this would be right after Andy won his third. So Kelly had won. Andy had won three, and Kelly hadn't won one in a long time. Yeah. So we're in Brazil, and we, so backtrack a little bit. You, you at that time were you already? Did you get paid on retainer after that? Oh yeah, this so. was after. Th- this yeah. is the first time I'd been offered the retainer to two thousand five. Yes, and I was okay. still working for surfing. Got it. So that so then that all happened. So then, obviously, you know, Kelly ended up winning because you remember when Andy lost early. Yeah. Then Hedgy beat. Yeah, and, and he won. Andy. He, he was on fire so hard he won before he even got the pipe. Yeah. 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 You got photos of him crying right on the beach. Wasn't that? Did you get photos of him crying? Or was it video? Of, of, of Kelly? Is this it right here? No, no. That's, no, that's, that's different. That, that's number eight. Oh, that's eight. Uh, it's so hard to... Con- There's so many. There's too many of them. Everyone cries. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's crying. Everyone's laughing. Hey, everyone's can drinking. Can you Photoshop yeah. that tear out? Yeah. Can, can you give me a tear on that one, please? Yeah. Yeah, because Hedge, Hedge, Hedgey um, beat Andy. Okay. okay. So I'm sitting there next to Kelly. And we all thought it was over. <clears throat> Everyone's walking away. And then they come up to Keller. Hey, if Hedgie beats Andy, you're going to win the world title. We, we thought it was over. We thought it wasn't going to happen in Brazil. So Kelly comes back and sits down. So I'm sitting next to him, thinking, this could fucking happen. Then I go, Andy, he could smoke Hedgie, you know? Yeah. Then Hedgie walks up and compares to So, mate, don't you worry about it. I'm going to crush him. That's crazy. Wow. To Kelly. Yeah, and then the guy goes, all right. Yeah. And then Kelly got kind of excited. And Hedgie went out and smoked him. That's insane. I watched that heat a bunch yeah. of times. It was it was so, and Hedgie's look on his face, it was it was like dead ringer serious. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah, so. That's why Hedgie writes for Outer Known. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I owe you, mate. He's the best. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so those are the kind of things that, uh, the cool things that I've got to see with those guys, you know, the close-up yeah. stuff, you know, and. Um, and see Kelly win all these times, you know. And I've been there with, you know, where, where he's done the craziest things in Europe, you know, changing, you know, riding a new board for a heat, brand he, new, a brand new forefin he's never ridden, and he goes, "This one looks good. I'm gonna try this." Yeah. And my belly's about ready to die of a coronary. Yeah, yeah. I he's, bet. Kelly's taken probably ten years off Belly's life yeah. from all the shit he did from 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 his seventh to eleventh world title, because it was just like this up yeah. and down. Yeah. A couple times in Mendaka. I was there. Um, I was there in, in Puerto Rico. Yeah. And when Andy died. Yeah. I mean, I've been through all these ups and downs of this thing. I was, in, you know, it was just San Francisco when he won. Um, so crazy. It's been crazy, but it's been beautiful. I'm just um, very lucky to have been there for that stuff. This might be a cliche question, and I hope it's not, but what are the most memorable photos that have you 
have you taken that, that you're like, I'm proud of these? That's a tough one. There's a lot of, so that's what's good about it. I have so many, it's hard to. Yeah. But this one right here of uh, Kelly walking in the crowd, I like this one because this is the day before he won his eighth world title. And he's leaving the contest area at Mendaka to go to his car. And I'm walking through the crowd with him. I'm next to him. Yeah. And then I see the crowd he wants. So I grab a scaffolding and I get up. And I'm holding one arm and I'm looking down. And I'm watching him go by. He looks up at me and he tips his hat. Just one tip like that. To me, and he says this is one of the best photographs he's ever had of himself because it makes him feel what it's to be like him. This is when cell phone cameras first came out. This to me looks like Fidel Castro marching through Havana after the revolution. <laughs> and, and, and it's just, it's beautiful. I just love that. This yeah. is what, and I love it because Kelly loves it. Yeah. And, and, that, uh, and that's probably where, where it's really tough because you probably have some photos that are super memorable to you, but it doesn't have a lot of meaning where, you know, to have somebody yeah. who's in the photo say, hey, that's, yeah. that's incredible. And I just love it because it's just... It's just unique, and it's just, it's real. And when you're attached to it, you're there. I get emotions to it, yeah. Um, yeah, I know it's hard to pinpoint. I mean, the surfboard graveyard, I love that image. That thing's amazing. That's an amazing moment, too. Yeah. Um, Andy with a cigar. Yeah. I've just, I've been so lucky to shoot all these photos. And um, but really, the best part is, though, when I sell these, is how excited people are to get them. And I, I say the end of the art project is after I sell it to them, and then I always go, hey, send me a photo of it on your wall. And when they send it to me on the wall, that's the end of the project. I go, that's so beautiful. And then I'm done. I go, on the yeah. next one. Yeah. And that's like the same thing with like a cover. I told you, you walk into a 7-Eleven, and there's the cover on the new stand. You're all, yeah. okay, that art project's done. Yeah. On the next. You, you, you can't, and you can't. You got living that for a while, and then you got to go because you're only as good as your last photo. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Back, I mean, when you're in this heyday, like you said, digital cameras were just coming out. I mean, the internet wasn't that big. The WSL, you know, or ASP at the time, whatever that's called. um, You know, there wasn't a lot of behind the scenes. It was all still print. Like, hey, you hear you hear the story, whatever's in the magazine, which would come out a month or two later. Like these are super memorable because again, it, it like it not just kicks ca- at the moment. It doesn't capture. You're not just capturing action. Yeah. You're capturing culture and you're capturing, yeah. like, what it really means to be there. You know, nowadays, you know, there there's a lot of good content that the WSL is doing, and there's a lot more behind the scenes. But I still feel like, you know. As much as they're ripping in the water, you want to see the drama. You want to see the preparation. You want to see, like, behind the scenes. Uh, I yeah. still want to work for the WSO. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, I'll say, you know, I'm, it's, I'm const- my life revolves around trying to get to where I can do what I do. Yeah. And whether that be having access yeah. or working for them or, like, I went to Australia. They wouldn't even let me in the competitors area. I, I, me and my son, Ethan... We shot the whole thing on the beach, and, and Kelly's in the little at D-Bar behind the, the thing. I'm shooting Kelly from behind a fence with a bunch of Brazilian girls. And I look over at Ethan, and I went, you know what? I'm not going to do this right like this. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's, um, it's a, they might, uh, <laughs> I'm definitely going to be there for the final five yeah. at Lowers. Yeah. And we'll see. And I've offered them to work for them, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. But I'll be there no matter what. But 
it, it creates stress on me because I'm constantly clawing my way yeah. just to do what I do. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just, I wonder what the, is it COVID? Is it whatever it is, you know, like... Well, there's all kind of, I, there's all kind of things. Political that, that stuff. Go, that, political stuff probably that goes on yeah. to me and my relationship with this. But um, all I know is that I, I am good for pro surfing with the images I, I oh, capture. Dude, for sure. And Are you kidding so, me? So there's... Well, but sometimes I, I that puts in doubt when I'm when I'm being fought not to be there. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. or access. And I'm just like, you know, I'm not gonna just you know, anyway, but I hope it works out. And I love the WSL. Yeah. yeah. We hope we hope it we works out too WSL. because you're gonna bring a different look and a, a yes. different vibe and you know, as much as they're selling heat winds, you know, for the you know, making surfing yeah. great in the water, they also need to prep you know you know, prep up these yeah. like athletes as, you know, like not actors or, or you know personality you know like yeah. they yeah. they need to be you know they need to sell you know them as much as they you know as they're performing in the water show some personality yeah. and some intimacy my my stuff's intimate yeah. there's not about it and it's I still love doing it yeah and that's that's what people love you know our podcast because it's intimate and we get to hear like these stories yeah, you know exactly and, and that's that's authentic and it's it's getting a real different perspective from. You know, somebody that's been there and lived there and has the relationships with like those those people. You know, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I mean, I I just still want to be there. I, yeah. I, I watch the contest. Look at this guy, I'm... he's a surf fan over here. Yeah, he's Dude, representing they... Seaside. I think that's what makes uh, <laughs> what makes people interesting is how much passion and drive and like yeah. you know commitment yeah. they have to the to the hobby or craft or whatever. So you know, I was yeah. with Julian Wilson. Three winters ago at the North, we were all sitting and having dinner, and I was sitting next to him. I think it was for John John's, like, when he won. He's like, sure, how much longer are you going to do this? <laughs> I went, I don't know. <laughs> as long as I'm interested in it. Yeah. You yeah, tell him, hey, I got more lasting power than you do, bro. <laughs> I did want to say that. I'll probably be here when you're long gone. Yeah. But it was funny. I found it kind of funny, and it made me think a little bit, because he was very, he was yeah. very serious. Yeah. And I was like... I don't know, mate. You know, I'm just, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm still having a kick of this, you know, but, um, yeah, that's, I, that's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun being with these guys and it's fun. And the, I tell the people the best part is when I get to surf with these guys, Yeah, that's the best thing ever. Yeah. I, the, my best, my best memories at Snapper, I got one behind the rock and they're and hooting saw, and hollering at and you. And Andy and Bruce you. first guy, Andy heckles me in the first one. Fucking Sherman, and I go by Bruce. Then Bruce heckles me on the next section, yeah. and I'm like, "That's fuck why I do That's this." That's crazy. Yeah. That's why I do this. Yeah. And and Mick, you know those guys. If, you know if they're teasing you or they're heckling you, yeah. they love you. Yeah, yeah. Well, Lennon always says, you know, you get you get a little bit more respect and in like status quo if you rip, you know, and yeah, you, you know, yeah. If you can you, walk your personality walk. and your your your, your professionalism yeah. and all of that works, but if you got that package and you could throw some turns down, yeah. that's exactly you're, it. You're going I mean, up. This when I'm at, when I'm at Snapper Parker's going, Sherman, what wave you want? Yeah, yeah. He's I'm gonna get you one, and I just go, fuck yeah, you know, like yeah. That, that to me is, is gold. You know, that's really the best yeah. thing. And at J Bay too, where. I've had some of the best surfs of my life at J Bay. For sure. With all the boys. Yeah. And I got this I got this one one year it was like five days in a row where it was like five foot faces, groundswell, and they wouldn't hold the contest. So we're just surfing. Yeah. And I, I and you know when you're surfing there, it's like an arena. Everyone sees every wave. And I got this long one. 
and I came in and everyone saw it. And, yeah. and everyone told me about it. And just like, yeah, I got it, you know? Because how fun. It was one of those things where even like, you know, Ace and, and Mick were all, you just go, fuck, that makes my day that yeah. those guys like what I do. And, and they thought I, I ripped that way, yeah. you know? It's just, so that's a small thing about it. So we're all surfers, and surfers love being around surfers. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't do this not to surf. Yeah. And everybody, you know, loves seeing somebody get a good one. You know? Everyone yeah. loves. Or, or when you when you clown a wave, everybody likes to poke fun of like that one you do. That's blew. exactly yeah. it. You can't do that too much though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lyndon. But, so, I, I, but, but what? Yeah. But surfing J Bay with Gabriel Medina is really hard. Yeah. She's that guy catch can catch, dude. Doing doing the run around circle. Where are the guys doing steroids, dude? Him and no, Edo? no, dude. They're just they're, they're just, just overachievers. They're just overachievers. They're just gnarly. I think they're in the best shape of their lives. For sure, they're men. They're men, yeah. and you cannot. I have to watch that this contest going on over there at the Western Eyes. I'm like, holy fuck, those two guys are on another level. Yeah, they're um, on another level. Gabriel is on another level. Uh, and well, they all train. How they're fast all just, they're doing these turns. The alley-oops in the most steep sections. And Gabriel, when he landed that alley-oop on top of the tube going down. Bro, they're doing aerials from here to the fucking street. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're covering a lot Long of Long laterals. Fifth, like 10 to 15 feet That's a lot of speed out and... of the fucking water. Yeah. And control. Yeah. And land it. Ain't oh, pro surfing grand? It's so, oh, my God. I can't wait grand? for this that's what we're here. I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's so good to see it back on TV and be able to watch it. Yeah, for sure. And um, I'm just, I'm excited, you know, and things are looking like we're coming up, you know, but uh, I think by the time Trestles comes around, there'll be yeah. no mask and I can go do my thing. I'm vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe go to Hawaii. I don't know. So, I'm, I'm like, I might get to go to Barra. Wow. Dude. Yeah. When? Um, I think they're going to hold it end of July or August, maybe? Oh, yeah, that's right. They're going to have a... They're going to yeah. move it. But I've been working with Sharpie. Yeah. Marcio and other. So he's um he's going to send me down there. Sick. So that's that's the kind of stuff I'm doing right now. I get it. You know, just do this. Yeah. yeah. Pick that. Hey, you, when you have all those relationships and, you know, you pull on all the strings, eventually, you know, I, I, it's going to... As my son says, you're such a board slut. Yeah. 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 So that's part of the perks. So, uh, Lara was talking about you doing stuff with music with yeah. Eddie Vedder. Yeah. So, what? What do you? Uh, how did that connection happen? And what do you? Um, do you met, still do that? Or yes, what? I do. Matter of fact, um, I met Eddie Vedder through Kelly. Um, I was going to shoot Eddie for for a, a piece for the Green Issue of Surfing, and that I went to the concert and Kelly was there, and he's like, "Hey, you want to meet Eddie? Let's go back." And meet. So he pulls me back from this wow. dark, and I go backstage. Another perks in the biz. There's Eddie. And he come up, shakes my hand. Sure, I'm so good to meet you. And I go, hey, and he goes, he goes, I know what you do, dude. You did great. He knew all about my photos. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I knew all about him. Yeah. So then, so we got to know. We talked, and then Hawaii, we're talking, and he's like, wow, you know a lot about my band. I'm like, dude, I'm a fan. Yeah. So we became close like that. So now, whenever I see him, they let me shoot. And um, at the Ohana Fest, he does every year at Doheny. Yeah. They they announce this week they're going to do it again. So last three times, I work for them. So I cover the event for the Ohana people, and then I do all the photos, and Eddie they give me backstage access, all the stuff. So um, that's another thing I get to do with Ed. Yeah. And Ed likes it because I'm there to shoot photos of him and famous people. And Is it going to happen this year? It's, it's on. And it, it's July and September. September. Nice. That just yeah, happened. That. Yeah. You send you send him your, your your demo tape from back in the day. Say, hey, you need a <laughs> yeah. Bongo. Well, not sure he, what? 
That's coming. I've, I've never I've never hit Eddie up for that, but I know for a fact if I had to do that with him, but I, actually I would local. I would ne- what? Well, okay, check this out. So, I'm at, so that after I met Eddie that next six months later, I'm in Hawaii. I'm sitting on the beach at sunset with Eddie, and Doug Silva's there. Who's a friend of Eddie? He's all, he's love all, Doug Silva. He's all, yeah. He's all, hey Eddie, you know Sherman's in a band back in the '80s. They called Bracci Loco, and Eddie goes, "You were not Bracci Loco." I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh my god, you guys played the belly up. You guys were all over. Wow. <laughs> you knew all about it." So he goes, "I never saw you, but you guys were on fire." And so then I was way, I was that another level of being with Ed. He knew about wow. Bracci Loco. Just, same thing in other industries, you know, like yeah. oh, you're a musician and oh, you know how yeah. to play music, and yes, yeah. you become a little bit walk the walk, a little bit tighter in the crew. Talk the talk. exactly, yeah. And um, but Eddie, it's. You know, you, you're so much, you're told to be afraid when you meet your heroes or, or your yeah, sons because yeah. you just never know what yeah. they're going to be. But um, Eddie is one of those people I met, and he's he's better than I ever thought he could be as a per- he's a good person. Yeah, and he cares, and he's a surf fan. He loves surfing, definitely. And um, yeah, I just I just love being, and I love his music, and I love being able to shoot him and. And, and I love Ohana Festival working for the festival, giving him my work yeah. to help out. And um, that's cool. Yeah, the Ohana Fest is the bomb. So, um, what was the horse racing? Uh, that's just Del Mar. I have a friend who works in the marketing department at the Del Mar track. And uh, he said, You want to shoot some horse racing? So I went for the Breeders' Cup and. I just go to there and shoot. Which fun. is so cool to be at, anyways. Like we, I mean, if you're if you're there just to watch or to gamble, no, or have I, some drinks. And I, I dress up. I, I wear a forty suit, baggy suit, with a bow tie, and I dress up, and I just shoot, and, and I shoot something behind the scene. I became friends with Gary Stevens, who's a very famous jockey. We just hit it off, so I'm, I'm friends with him and his wife. So I'm just kind of kind of dabble that a little yeah. bit. Um, it's just, just fun. Yeah, and the jockeys love you're, me though. You're a good photographer, you, and you get the backstage pass wherever well, you go, and, man. And I, I, I immediately told him, I'm going to go to the locker room. And so it was like, oh, it was hard. But I've shot photos in the locker room there that, that no one else has shot. That's awesome. So I dabble in that. So I might do that a little bit. Um, That's cool. Yeah, it's just photojournalism, you know? Yeah. So, have you uh, partaken in Kelly's wave pool? Yes, I have. I've been there like four or five times, and I've, went one, I've gotten three waves there. So I, I got one or two. So cool. I, I haven't got, I want to session it. Yeah. Because it, it, it's not easy. No. And so I got there and my Nerve first backing. wave, all the life reds are all, outrun it. Do not go for the barrel. Outrun it. Because so, I'm okay. And I got in, I just fucking powered down the line. And I'm so arching. I'm going I went all the way through, like maybe 250 yards. And then the, the life reds are all... Yes, seventy sky. You because know, I just floated, <laughs> but I made it all the way through. But it's you definitely want to get some time there because it, it's, it's a trick. Fa- it's timing. It's timing, and that tube is so fast. So you you've been four times, but you only surfed it once. And I, I told, I, I would have not gone back for another event if I couldn't have got away because I couldn't yeah. do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it's hard to hard to watch the yeah. watch thing. It's torture. 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 It's fucking. a perfect fucking way. It's also torture when you blow one. <laughs> yeah, I missed one. <laughs> I missed one, and I've blown one. So, I've gone, company perks, right? I've gone, I've surfed it six or seven times. I paid once, and the day that I paid, I got four waves, fell on two. (laughs) So crazy. Brutal! Yeah, brutal. So crazy. But, uh, so we, we... we talk about the wave pool a lot, and we actually, you know, we interview surf shops mm-hmm. and 
one of the surf shops uh, we had on the show is is because uh, I've been beach. waiting for my Kelly you know extension you know like hooked me up <laughs> hasn't happened so but I had to use my other Ke- connections Kelly Sorensen who owns on the beach surf shop he he will you know rent it out for a couple days and we had him on the podcast and we constantly talk about it and one day last year in, in December he's like hey. I'm, I'm hooking you guys up. Let's do a podcast at the ranch. Oh, so we yeah. did a podcast at the ranch. Late night, finally got to surf. Oh. Yeah. But it's coming off a horrible, like, pinch nerve. Oh, dude, the day, that, the day oh. before like, we were leaving. Bad. So bad, but I he, still got to surf. Like, he I texts me. He's like, bro, I'm fully, my back's fully tweaked. No bueno. Yeah. And I'm just like, I call him up. I'm like, what? I've been there. I have that. Man. Like. I mean, I couldn't even move. And my wife's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going. I'm yeah. going to eat as many whatever. But no, she, he I ripped actually, the bag out of it. I went he ripped and got, the bag out of it. I went and got, like, saw my doctor and got some help. Yeah, some help. Shot me up a few times. and made did it. Made it, made yeah. it work. Good for it you. It was so good. You have to do it. It's like, yeah. it's, it's something that's it's special. But you have, yeah. here's the thing where I couldn't stand was like, there wasn't a time I would surf Seaside. I'm thinking, dude, sure, I've been to the wave pool? And I'm like, I'm like, nah, I really haven't surfed yet. And they always say the same thing. Go, oh, my God. I thought you were friends with Kelly. I thought for sure you would have surfed it. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> and then it was the same thing. And I was like, You've heard that a hundred times. A yeah. hundred times. Yeah. And it got to the point where I was getting kind of grumpy about it. Yeah. But it's, I'm good. I've got my son then. Um, I guess they're going to do another event yeah. up a little more, so... I might go up there. We'll see if that. I'm just um, yeah. Pro serving's back. Yeah, it is. It's awesome. It's awesome. I'm so excited. so, so, you're, you know, what are you doing these days? Right now, I'm doing any kind of shoots I can do. I do some shoots for some of the surfboard manufacturers. Yeah. Um, you did stuff for Nixon too, right? I did back in the day. I did a bunch yeah. of stuff for Nixon. Um, right now, I'm just selling my art. I'm selling all cool. of my, and I'm doing it all, all through my Instagram printing classic shots and um, what I really like doing is I go out and fish out frames like older frames with, with eclectic like frames swap meets and stuff everything yeah, yeah. Swat, everything yard sales and so they're so I'm able to really sell these reasonably yeah and the idea with this is kind of, it's more on the fan I'm kind of it's kind of geared toward fans yeah. you know like a lot of these most of these are you know $250 yeah which is a great deal for a signed print which is this size yeah but and i think i love about it is i get to meet people yeah and people come by and they pick them up or you know they'll come by and i'll meet them here i'll let them look through my photos and it's fun to see meeting people that really yeah. like what you do yeah, yeah. um I, I i wanted to ask a question since yeah. you know you're you're you know a photographer from you know the film days mm-hmm. and now everything's digital yeah. have you Made the switch, like if you, you know, oh, yeah. do you use both still? Do you... um, I don't really shoot a lot of film anymore. Yeah, um, I got really lucky during the digital revolution. Was it surfing? My, my, about six months into that job, uh-huh. and Jeremiah Klein, who was Larry's assistant, was my assistant too, and he got me up to speed very quickly. Um, I treat digital and Photoshop like a darkroom. Yeah, I don't like to mask. I, I basically just do color, yep. contrast. That's about it, and yeah. sharpening a little bit. But so, 
I, I want to make it look as close to the way my black and white photographs look yeah. like. I try to make them look like close to that. And there's some people that kind of go over, overboard with stuff, like what, color saturation and stuff. So, there's but you your, can still be as as creative. And yes, still but the idea is to get close to to what film looks like. And yeah. That's my thing. I don't like oversat. You know, you see a photograph. Oh my God! Like this is cross processing. I did. This is my first. This is the first digital year, and I cross processed this to make it look like when you when you develop regular film with color print, you get this look. Yeah. So I, I in this. So that's how I did that one, but um, like yeah, like that's film right there, and that's 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 black and white. Yeah. This is Willie Nelson right there. Awesome. Yeah, that one's um shot in January, one of the last concerts I went to. So what's what's your day? Uh, you you go check out Seaside. You go you yep. go surf. Seaside. <laughs> yeah, and um, you you hang the boys there, regulate. Yeah, I do. I, I Seaside's my spot. I'm or Del Mar. Or, nice. um, what are you riding these days? I'm writing um, mostly dark arts. I become uh, I'm become an ambassador with dark arts. Nice. And they have an arts division. Kind of, I'm one of the artists on board. Um, these guys are great. And dark arts. Explain to us like it's carbon fiber. Yep. With um, with the um, it's a glassing factory. It's that, a glassing factory. Yeah. yeah, but it's carbon fiber that's uh, vacuum sealed. And Justin Turns is is like the state of the art with carbon fiber. He's the best. Yep. And the difference of these is in epoxies is the flex pattern, and there's no there's no stringers in these, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. the flex pattern is just amazing. Got a lot of pop, a, a lot, lot of, of pop, a lot of flex, and um, and they're strong as hell. I have four of them, and I just love them. Um, and they get a, a variety of shapers just doing their everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordy Smith's dad, um, Marcio Sharpie, yeah, um, Duke Ipa, yeah, yeah. I've become friends with Duke Ipa, yeah, Duke. Duke's a, Duke's become a good friend of mine. Awesome, and he shaped me aboard, and um, so I just and I just as I said I'm I'm still a hardcore yeah. surfer. This is yeah. what I do, you know. Like it's a great January. I surf, you know, I surf a lot when it's good. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, we all do. That's what. Yeah, that's all we do, right? We're all surfers, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. My kids surf now. That's my awesome. kids both surf. My friend Todd, my son Taj, he's 22, and now he's a hardcore surfer. So and, cool. and so now I get to surf with both my boys. If you had told me five years ago both my boys would be surfing with me, I would have said no. Because yeah. they both are football kids, right? Mm -hmm. Todd was a football kid, and he, he came back from Colorado College, and he, goes, he just decided he's going to surf. So now he's, he's more obsessed with it than uh, any of us. But um, that's what's cool about surfing is when you can do it with your kids. Yeah. And, and, and you get a, you know, nothing better than, than calling guys off and rolling your kid into a, a bomb at the reef, you know? Yeah. That's just, to me, is the best thing ever. Yeah. And I mean, it's little JJ is going to be better than his dad. I, I bet. I hope yeah. so. <laughs> just don't tweak your back, bro. Yeah, just watch. Yeah, well, watch. Watch your stomach muscles. Yeah, but uh, no, I mean that's. I mean, we are all in this. I mean, we're we're, we're eternal groms. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And good, the bad, the ugly comes with that. Yeah. yeah. As, it, as trying, to, trying to keep this going for as long as we can. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I I like the term "keep the dream alive." Keep yeah. the dream alive. And yeah. that's what I'm trying. To, that's what I'm doing. You know, yeah. and um. But this, this, the surfing is the lifeblood of it, and yeah. that's the reason why we do this. And uh, it's never gotten old. And, uh, and it, I mean, to tell you the truth, one of the reasons why I stopped drinking about over two years ago was that, oh, man, if I want to surf into my 70s or, you know, and, and keep going, I go, I'm going to have to change a couple things. Yeah. So I just decided that was something I was willing to give up because I just knew it was going to be, and I, now I've lost, you know, I'm 20 pounds lighter. Good. And, and, and I'm in better shape, and I'm just, you know, more, <laughs> you know. 
more alert. More yeah. alert, you yeah. know. I love Quick my beer, but my beer doesn't love me sometimes, yeah. you know. But it's good. So that's good for you. It's good for me, yeah. and I'm, I'm happy. And um, couldn't yeah. pick a better time, you know. Pre-COVID, because COVID made oh, drink. Oh, I, I, so, I, I was telling myself, like, oh, man, if I was drinking during this COVID, oh, I'd be so dead and bloated. Oh, bro. I'd just be, I would have drank a lot. Yeah. But, because, I I've had, you know, trust me, I've had, you've had your you've had I've had, my, I've had, you know, I'm not thirsty anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It was weird going to Australia not drinking, yeah. but I went with my son, and it was like, cool. I was like, it's good. I knew once I did that, I was yeah. good with it, you know? Yeah. It's good. Um, it's awesome. good. So how can how can people use what's your Instagram handle um, that people at T Sherms. T Sherms. Yeah. It, yeah. At T Sherms, plural. Yep. Just like that. And go to that. And um I have usually um once a week I'll do a little live and I'll put a table on IGTV and I'll I'll say what's on there mm -hmm. and I'll tell the story. And people love it when I tell a story about awesome. an image. That's yeah. cool. And usually that's when it all rings and sometimes they'll come back, but um yeah, these are, I mean, they're, they're super affordable. Yeah. I mean, $250 is pretty easy, and I've, I've got a way of doing it where I can make money, and it's, it's affordable art. Yeah. And um, for right now, this is what I'm doing. Well, I don't think I'm going to leave here today without buying one. Oh. Yeah. Look at this guy. Yeah. Wow. I've kind of made up my Yeah, what do I leave for my portrait of man? In <laughs> That's a, the, the, hey, the first one's free. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it. dude. It's, it's too difficult to choose. These are all fucking so. Yeah. Incredible. I'm very proud of this. The most proudest thing is uh, when someone come by and they grab one, they see it. It just and then it's on someone's wall. Yeah. yeah. And especially the ones of Andy because, you know, and Lindy knows what I do with this and, yeah. and she's good because I, I take I take his library very very seriously. Yeah. And I, I, I want to go to the right places. And so she knows I have his, be, his, his best interest at yeah. heart, you know. Yeah. And, you know, Andy, Andy would love it. I'm making $250 from a shot with him with a cigar in his mouth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But. Um, so cool. It's so cool. And, you know, Kel, and the Kelly ones and, and Willie and all this stuff. So. Dude. And I said, you guys, um, and um, I put my number there. People, I had people call me. It's all on my numbers there. Well, we're going to blow you up and, uh, we're gonna for blow an entire week. Yeah. For an entire week? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and so, I mean, yeah, this has been incredible. You guys, um, I've thoroughly enjoyed talking with you guys. Yeah. This is a good conversation. It, so it, awesome. It, yeah, thanks to you. Yeah. We're just a couple of knuckleheads oh, over here. Oh, yeah. dude, no. <laughs> we're, we're, Once we got warmed up. Yeah. I'm just uh, a while. You know, Lars traveled the world and been in the magazines. You've traveled oh, the world and created <laughs> magazines. Like, I'm a big fan of what you guys have done and and i'm sure the people that listen to our podcast man it, it's been insane to have steve t sherms oh Sherman thank you on so much it, yeah. it really means a lot to be able to to communicate with your re, your 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 listeners yeah and be able to share stuff like that with new new years as yeah. i said because um as yeah. i said we're all we're all surfers well, we yeah. got a lot of surf surf you know Junkies on our on our podcast. I know. So, you know. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully, yeah. yeah. Lead to at T Sherms. Yeah. At, at T Sherms. Insta. Yeah, handle. guys. What a pleasure. Well, yeah. I mean, you want to do a recap? Yeah. Go for it. Okay. Youngest pro skater downhill slalom. <laughs> GNS. GNS. You know, got his you know photography. Got Wait, his, well, First, we we start off. 
in Indiana. Indiana. This well, is well, a this is a this is a ball stick in, yeah. in I'm a Hoosier. I'm a Hoosier. He's a Hoosier. Indiana five hundred stick and, and glove and, guy. And wanted to be a skateboarder before he even yeah. saw a skateboard. Yeah. yeah. And picked up in real life. Clay clay wheel. Clay wheels. I started on clay wheels. That's OG. Yeah. And then came to California and fully got immersed in the culture and became a sidewalk surfer to ocean surfer. That's it. California Dreaming. Yeah. Yeah. And then New, high school. High school surfing. Dark room. Music. Dark room specialist. <laughs> learning, learning, learning the, the, the trade at, at school, which is awesome. And all of a sudden, he's taking photos, and he's a skateboarder. He's got a name, but he's taking photos. And a guy by the name of Stacy Peralta of Power Powell Peralta decides he wants to quit, and his successor is T. Sherms. Oh, it's it's incredible. What was your what? Did, did you have to give him a resume or anything? No, no, no resume. <laughs> None of that. That showed up. Here you go. Take over. I mean, I, I, who I, does that happen to? Oh yeah. my God! That, yeah. Who does that happen to? When I came home and I showed my girlfriend Pamela, she just—you aren't gonna fucking believe what happened. Yeah, I, I was like, yeah, it was, it was mind blowing. It took so long to sink in. So cool. And I so, mean, that is a, fish. that is like one of the weirdest, coolest things that we've heard. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, mean, the doors open. The doors open. Run into it. And run yeah. through it and do your best Take and tackle it, it until you first. make it. Take it until you make it. Yeah, I like that one. I'm going to use that one. It's kind of Stacy Peralta in a nutshell. Yeah. Take it until you make it. But then you started shooting rusty ads. Yeah, and yeah. that opened doors in the surf world. Yeah, exactly. You guys got this right. And keep going. Keep going. Channel then, Islands. Yeah, then you turn coded. Went to Channel Islands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then surfing magazine, trans well, trans world, trans world first or surfing first, surfing magazine, trans world, trans world, surf, yeah. And then surfing, and, and then trans world. Then he flip flopped back a couple I times, back yeah. and forth. I'm a double agent. And yeah. I was, then I was a double agent for Kelly and for Kelly and Andy. Don't yeah. get that double Whoa. agent. Playing both sides over here. I did like, play yeah. both sides with Kelly and Andy. Well, then and then you were working with yeah, obviously Quicksilver uh, as you covered Kelly's mm-hmm. straight five. World title seven out of eleven, um, and tired he's, wait, wait, he wait, hangs wait. with Eddie Vedder. Yeah. <laughs> he played in the band, Baracho y Loco. Baracho y Loco. <laughs> what? I, I don't forget. I'm friends with Lucas Nelson. I play with Lucas Nelson sometimes too. Wow. wow. Oh yeah, Willie yeah, Nelson's. Yeah, I, I, I played percussion with him, wow. and and he's got a new album. They have a new co- album coming out. Um, Lucas Nelson. Is going to be the next big thing. Cool. Lucas Nelson and Promise of the Real. Wow. Check them out. Check out his Instagram. They got two new singles out. They're the bomb. Awesome. So Willie's got a couple kids. That... Yeah, Micah and okay. Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're both. They're both incredible yeah. musicians. Apple That's doesn't awesome. fall far, far from, from the tree. tree. <laughs> and uh, you know he's covering music festivals. What Ohana? Ohana Festival this September. Cool. You guys check that out. We see the lineup. The lineup is Kings of Leon one night. Wow. Eddie Vedder headlines the next night, and then Pearl Jam is heading the next night. Can so we, can we call you up for some backstage passes? Of course. <laughs> Easy to You heard it here hey, first. I'm good with camera gear. I got the lights. Uh, I got the shit. What do you need? Well, I, I, believe it or not, my 22 year old son already brought that up the second he saw it come on Instagram. <laughs> of course, so, Dad. Dude. I'm assisting, right? Yeah. Well, of course you are. Ohana. Nice. 
and uh, he goes down to Del Mar racetracks and covers the horse races there. Yeah, right? but he's but most known for capturing for capturing the most iconic personalities, memorable rippers, world champions, covers images of the surfing culture That's and it. skateboarding, but well, I, surfing for our show. Yeah. Well, Thank you for uh, hanging with us. Thank you for letting us. Thank uh, you so much. Yeah. I, re- I really enjoyed ch- this chatting is, with everyone. Yeah, this has been amazing. Yeah. Thank you, listeners, for supporting us. And uh, grab a photo. Go check out T. Sherm. Yeah, at T. At T. Sherms. Plural. Yeah. And um, yeah. Cool. If I, yeah. If I see a seaside, just behave. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Peace. Peace. WaveKey was created by Brad Gerlach to help improve your surfing. WaveKey is a land-based systematic surf training method. For all surfers, for all levels. Check out WaveKey.com. That's W-A-V-E-K-I.com. Pada Sushi, a new sushi place here at the Albertsons in Newland Center. Your go-to spot for grab-and-go sushi, handmade, fresh daily. You can get all your favorites or get something custom. And make sure to stop by on Fridays for the $5 special. Pada Sushi. At Albertsons in the Newland Center off of Beach and Adams. Wax. The wax that's found under all of the best surfers on the planet. You mean late night? Always under my feet. And Chalky? How do you think I pull those big airs? And layback Lars. And those laybacks. Wait, 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 we're not doing the 90s again, are we? I don't do those anymore. Fuwax, the best wax in the game. Fuwax. Caliente Southwest Grill. Healthy Mexican food featuring local organic ingredients. They also have great salads, vegetarian and gluten-free options. Wow. Yep. Don't they also cater and make party packs? They do. They have all your needs for all your events. Nice. Visit calientesouthwest.com. Or go to the restaurant in Costa Mesa off of 17th Street. Caliente Southwest. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music. 